Hello, it is Feel Good Friday, May 15th. Indiana's allowed to do this and that, and restaurants are starting to get at 50% capacity. I feel like a lot of the country's potentially getting on the backside of this whole thing. Doctors at UPMC are saying, hey, we think we got this thing figured out a little bit. We're never going to be able to cure it, but we think we got it figured out. The coasts are in a bad spot still. We're teasing peas for you, but boy, it feels like we're on the other side of this thing. Feel good Friday for sure. Great conversations for you. Hashtag this is where I'm at, Pat. Let me know where the hell you're watching or listening to the show at. I can't thank you enough. Let's get right to it. Big time baseball show. Everybody knows that. Always have been, always will be. Uh, I am currently holding the bat that I use in a Frontier League game for the Washington Wild Things who ended up winning the silver medal of the entire Frontier League. Starting right fielder, uh, Pat McAfee. Joining us now, MLB insider for ESPN and a man that we've been watching on the television basically every single morning on Get Up. Ladies and gentlemen, Jeff Passett. Yeah, Jeff! Jeff! Big Jeff! Woo! Woo! Big Jeff! Let's go, Jeff! Let's go, Jeff! Hey, Jeff, let's go! Come on, Jeff! going on buddy can i tell you something pat yeah buddy i told my son this morning that i'm going on the pat mcafee show okay. son's 12 years old big time football fan loves madden and he looks at me and he goes really it's it's like i had actually made it to him <laughs> i was like and i was like yes and he said i i swear to you he said this i wanted to bring him into my office today to say it face to face to you he was embarrassed to do so but he goes that guy's a legend. <laughs> Damn right he's a legend. Hey, your kid's a legend. And I'll say this. Tell him we said thank you. We're thankful to have you on. We've been watching you basically every morning on Get Up. And I've been very impressed with your ability to make a sport that isn't that interesting. Very interesting. I just want to let you know that. To a lot of people, baseball has kind of fallen off. But with the way you've talked about it, you're a great personality for the MLB. I hope they know that. I've enjoyed listening to you speak. You're our main source for baseball information at this point. Well, that's very kind of you to say. And and as somebody who uh, has just a little bit of personality uh, yourself, I will take that as a very high compliment. Bingo. Okay, let's move <laughs> forward. It feels. I want to run you this clip that was used on Twitch by Blake Snell last night. I'm sure you've seen it. But for those who haven't, we have to run this. And then I wanted to talk about this immediately afterwards because it feels like NBA, a lot of optimism coming back. MLB, if you listen to any of the players, it feels like there's not a chance. Let's run this so people can hear it who haven't. Bro, y'all got to understand, too, because y'all going to be like, bro, Blake, play Jeff. for the love of the game, man. What's wrong with you, bro? Money should not be a thing. Bro, I'm risking my life. What do you mean it should not be a thing? It 100% should be a thing. Life, if I'm going to play, I should be getting the money I signed to be getting paid. I should not be getting half of what I'm getting paid because the season's cut in half on top of a 33% cut of the half that's already there. Come on. So I'm really getting like 25%. That on top of that, it's getting taxed. So imagine how much I'm actually making to play. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, I ain't making And on top of that, so all that money's gone. See and now I play risking my life. And, and, what, and if I get the Rona, on top of that, if I get the Rona, guess what happens with that? Hmm? Oh, yeah, that stay, that's in my body forever. That damage is not going to be like... The damage that was done to my body, that's going to be there forever. Until the casket. Does. So now I got to play with that on top of that. So y'all got, I mean, y'all got to understand, man, for me to go, for me to take a pay cut is not happening because the risk is through the roof. It's a shorter season, less pay. Like, bro, it's, yeah, man, I got to, no, I got to get my money. I'm not playing unless I get mine. 
By the way, got to get your chickens, Jeff. This feels as if he could be potentially echoing what a lot of other baseball players are thinking and a lot of other baseball players are saying. I'm very thankful that he came out to say that, by the way, because if you hear the news of the MLB is trying to work back in spring training, cut it to 82, and then you hear the MLB PA basically saying, like, that is not going to happen. What are your kind of inklings on this? Is he representative of what a lot of players are thinking? I got three things going on here. Number one, the fact that he said the Rona twice <laughs> makes me very happy. Number two, uh, Blake Snell signed with the Rays out of high school, and you can tell because 33% of 50% is not 25%. we got to work on the math. Perhaps instead of playing video games, he should be doing a little bit of math lesson. But to the substantive and important point here, his feelings are definitely echoing the sentiment of a lot of players. The problem with this argument is that when you tie money and health together, it just flies in the face of logic. You're telling me that you don't want to go out there and die for X amount of dollars, but for Y amount of dollars, hey, I'll go and run the risk of getting killed. Oh. You can't conflate those two things and have it look like this is about anything but money. If the players were smart, they would be on the same path forward. And that path is all we care about is our health and our safety. We all know in the back of our minds that they care about the money. You just don't have to say the quiet part out loud. And the interesting thing, though, is in baseball, I think more so than any other sport, especially if you're a pitcher who got drafted out of high school, you only have so many throws right in that elbow. Yes. So that would be a good tie, by the way, if he was like, listen, I don't know how many, I don't know how many games I'm, I just signed a, I signed a deal with the Rays out of high school, but I don't know how long this elbow is going to last. So now you're asking me to take 17% of my paycheck, then taxes, drop that down to 9% basically on a potential arm that has a shot clock on it at the time. I think that is probably the statement the MLB's PA is going to come out with as opposed to a Twitch stream release from Blake Snell. And do you, yeah. yeah. And, and, and here's the thing. I mean, Blake Snell signed a long-term contract last offseason and the beauty of being a baseball player is that all 50 million dollars of what he signed for is guaranteed but but there are plenty of other players particularly pitchers like you said who are going to be coming back and trying to ramp up for a season in like three weeks when they normally take six weeks they're going to be going out there and playing games when theoretically, if they're doing their spring training at home ballparks, they're not going to have been in any live game action, which means you're going out there as cold as possible and playing in big league games where you got to be amped up a little bit. Injuries could be a problem. They could be a risk. And that's another thing that I think players are concerned about. And, and listen, the, the sentiment that Blake Snell was trying to put out there actually I think is fair. Players are taking the risk by going out there that owners are not. Players are taking the risk by traveling, whether it's via plane, via bus, staying in hotels, going into ballparks that uh, you know presumably have been cleaned and washed from floor to ceiling. But you never know if they missed a spot or if they forgot your locker. All of these things come into play with this. And I think it's fair for them to say, if we're taking a 50% pay cut from the March agreement that we did agree to, then that, you know, is anyone else in baseball taking a 50% pay cut? Like Derek Jeter forwent his salary, but Derek Jeter is worth a quarter billion or a half billion dollars. You know, I don't 
see any guys in front offices taking 50% haircuts. I don't see any guys around the sport. So I think the players actually have a logical leg to stand on here. They just got to get their message straight because the public, for some reason, always sides with owners. Always. That is just the way that it goes. The labor is uh, is greedy. You, you know, the millionaires are greedy instead of the billionaires. It's just a fact of the way that America looks at professional sports. And something like this, even if Blake Snell's intention was good, even if he was trying to stand up for what he believes in and for what the other players believe in, it was just said in a fashion and a tone that does not come off well. I think the tone is probably something that people immediately, because your tone is setting the environment for your statement, right? So the way you deliver something is setting the reaction immediately for what you're being said. I think what he's saying, though, is something that isn't being heard a lot. Like, that is 100% the conversations that are happening within the MLBPA emails or conference calls and stuff like that. His delivery was something that could put some people off, but I like the information that was coming in there. It sounds like, with the way you're speaking, though, about pitchers coming out of three weeks instead of six weeks it feels like you're optimistic that there will be an mlb season of some sort happening will that be in arizona because their governor has said hey we'll take major league sports come on back and then the governor's like wait a minute you any professional sports can come to florida are they in a bidding war right now for where it could potentially be at and do you feel as if the mlb will have some sort of season going forward and will the mlbpa allow that to happen I think a lot of those things are really intertwined. And here's how it's going to have to happen. The first thing that has to happen is the league and players have to come to some kind of a deal. They have to figure out two things, two main things, really. The financial aspect and the health and safety aspect. I think the health and safety aspect, they're both on the same page. Nobody wants anyone to get coronavirus. That's not a hard thing to do. And if the players go back to the league and say, we need X, Y, and Z, it's incumbent on the league to come through with that. The financial part, I think it just makes sense for a deal to get done, even though there's this chasm between the two sides, because the alternative, Pat, is disastrous for everybody. If there are no games this year, players are getting only $170 million among themselves to split up among their 1,200 players as part of that March deal. They're not getting anything else. Free agency is a mess this year. They lose a year of their careers. Owners, on the other hand, have no money coming in. Uh, You know, there are teams that have loads of debt right now. There's potential bankruptcy. If you get bankruptcies, teams have to be sold. If teams have to be sold, franchise values go down. And MLB simply does not want that to happen. So because the downsides are so bad for both of them, it makes me believe that they're going to come to some sort of a compromise financially to get this going. Then you need to get governors on board. Then you need to get mayors on board. Then you need to get Deborah Burks or Anthony Fauci or some sort of respected health official to come out and say, yes, it's okay what Major League Baseball is trying to do as we reopen this country. All of those things, Pat, have to happen in the next three to four weeks. And it's a lot to cram in, but I do think it is something that can and should get. Well, that's just like, at least they have a potential biodome, right? They have a potential. Bi- I don't, no, I don't think that's happening, man. I think they're out on that. And listen, the, the Arizona thing was a possibility maybe a month ago, but players said we are not going to be separated from our families. And that's a that's a reasonable and understandable thing to say. Then they were saying, hey, uh, you know, maybe we could do hub cities. We could have 10 teams in Phoenix, 10 in the DFW area, 10 in Tampa and that sort of fell by the wayside. The the problem is the money that's going to be coming into Major League Baseball this year 
if in fact they do play, is going to be from two main areas. The first is national television revenue, and that's why they're expanding the playoffs, because they're going to get at least 10 more playoff games. And, you know, television networks love airing playoffs. There's also the local television revenue, though. And that's the big part of this that I think a lot of people don't recognize. Uh, in, in a typical year, about $2.5 billion comes in just from local TV contracts, just from airing those 162 games. Damn. And the local TV stations want home ballparks. They want to be able to send their crews to local areas, and they want the ambiance of playing in a major league stadium as opposed to some sort of minor league stadium that you might have to with an Arizona or a Texas or a Florida. So because of that, playing in-home stadiums is vitally important to this plan working. But the issue, of course, is that it adds travel, and travel can be problematic and adds a whole nother layer of issues on top of the complications already. And they got three to four weeks to figure this all out? Yeah, a lot of people working on it, though. A lot of people, I think, motivated to do this. <laughs> there is optimism, but as everything these days, man, it is very cautious optimism. So, Jeff, where does that leave teams like the Yankees and the Dodgers who are in a much different spot than the rest of the league in terms of having their games at home this season? Like, I, I assumed they would be operating under the assumption that they were going to have to play at their spring training facilities. You know, I don't know if we're there quite yet. There's been some hope in New York that they would be able to play games at Yankee Stadium and at City Field. If they don't, then the Yankees could just go down to Tampa and either play games there, or they could have the scheduling such that when the Rays are home, the Yankees are on the road. When uh, the Rays are on the road, the Yankees play at Tropicana Field. You know, you can almost have like that? Uh, backup schedules. California is the complicated one, though, because there are five teams in California. And if Gavin Newsom, the governor, says we will not have baseball played in California until this thing clears out or until we have a better sense of what it's going to look like, then that means you have five teams displaced. Maybe one or two of them go to Phoenix. Maybe all five go to Phoenix. But we could have this shared city situation. I think that's one of the things that politically, behind the scenes, Rob Manfred's trying to work through right now. Why do you call the uh, trophy a piece of metal? Has that ever been talked about? <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, it's funny. I was, uh, I was there when the interview was happening. Carl Ravitch, we were at, uh, we were at a spring training complex. It was uh, the National complex and there was a door closed and i was listening to the conversation you know like leaning into the door like the kid insider. with the cup against yeah, his parents fighting yeah. and uh i heard him say a piece of metal and i just went oh no <laughs> I, listen there's no excuse for it i think he recognized how badly he screwed up I, this is not an excuse it was really early in the morning i know before seven o'clock about 50 percent of the words I speak don't make any sense so he he was running more like it like a two percent don't make sense they were just the wrong two percent okay so let's talk about I have two final things and I'm very thankful you coming on here you're you are very good at the baseball conversation um does anybody like nobody likes the coronavirus quarantine okay nobody likes it but I think the, the Houston that's, that's a bull take right there Pat. <laughs> oh no but wait but wait I'm about to step it back I think the Houston Astros are not that upset. <laughs> I think the Houston Astros and their fan base are at a point where it's like, all right, there's no more sign stealing talk. Now it's like, where are we going to be at? That entire thing, is that just going to go away, you think? Or you think even when baseball gets back into it, players, managers, fans will still remember everything that the Houston Astros were doing with their robotic sensors in their trash cans? 
Yeah, there, there is no forgetting that at all. And okay. you know when the Astros go on the road, they're going to get absolutely crushed when fans <laughs> are back at the stadium. You know, fans are <laughs> – fans. listen, fans are excited to go to stadiums regardless of who's playing. But when the Astros come to town, you know that they – even if we have, like, socially distanced fans at that point, you know that that's just more seats for them to bang on right there. Uh, the Who was the pitcher? Michael uh, Fires. Mike Fires? Is that the guy? He has the long hair. He's the whistleblower, yeah. No, no. There's another guy, long hair. He goes by like Clevenger. No. Uh, Mike Clevenger. Mike Clevenger, right? Long hair, kind of like a yep. uh, free spirit, was getting a tattoo, and he was not happy with what the Houston Astros did. Is that sentiment still kind of ring true? And now, like, do the players, because we heard a couple players open up about it, and me from being an outside the baseball world, I didn't know if most people did this. I didn't know if this was something like this. But that scene, whenever he opened up while getting a tattoo about how mad he was, was that a real, that was everybody, huh? Everybody was just going to bean the hell out of the Houston Astros, I'd assume. Yeah, I've never seen anything bring baseball players together quite <laughs> like their enmity for the Houston Astros. They they were not happy. They you know, there's this very fine line of cheating in baseball where mild cheating is not cheating, but if you cross it, it's like what are you doing, you dirty dirty cheaters. And that's what they looked at the Houston Astros like that they were dirty, dirty cheaters because they banged a trash can. And, and of course, like on the continuum of what's cheating and uh, what's not cheating, in reality, what the, the Red Sox and so many other teams did out there trying to steal sign sequences using video and relaying them to people on second base who then would give a sign to someone at home plate what pitch was coming, like that's cheating. Uh, banging on the trash can though, well, like that's live relaying to guys at home plate with a pretty high degree of certainty. And because of that, that's really what's stuck in the craw of so many players. Can't do it. Can't win with it. Won't win with it. Speaking of not winning, why are the Pirates still a member of the MLB? I'm from Pittsburgh, and I have never hated a team more than the stupid Pittsburgh Pirates. Tell me how you really feel, man. Sell the team. <laughs> they should sell the team. I mean, Bob Nutting needs to sell to Mark Cuban. Save the city. That's the only option. It's the only option. Pittsburgh is a great fan base. It was just voted one of the most loyal and rapid fan bases. Penguins games, insane. Steelers games, insane. But for my entire existence, the Pittsburgh Pirates have stunk, and they've been cheap, and they've just raked in money. I hate them. Jeff, if you can relay that message with your insider news, let them know I do not like them. Well, as a native Clevelander, Pat, it couldn't have happened to anybody. (laughs) 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 Jeff, I appreciate you. Uh, Zito, who does our... Uh, like name and, and title things underneath or underneath you. It says Jeff Passan, MLB insider, writes for ESPN, and then it says has an Elmo impression and wrote a book, The Arm. I'll buy the book, The Arm, so I can learn a little bit about baseball, even though you're from Cleveland. But this Elmo impression, how long has this been coming about, and why is this something that you read about? You know, is this a big deal? You got a good Elmo impression, huh? I, I do an okay one. Lebetard uh, one day was asking me to do a Sean Connery impression, and I did an absolutely terrible Sean Connery impression. And he asked, do you do any good impressions? And for my children, when they were a little bit younger, I would do an Elmo, except it would be inappropriate Elmo. So it would be Elmo talking about things that Elmo should not be talking about <laughs> at all. And so he asked me to do the Elmo impression. I did it, and... Uh, 
here we are today with you asking me about it. <laughs> well, has to happen. I mean, do I? What do you want me to say, Jeff? Like, it has to happen. I mean, say the Houston Astros are dirty, dirty, dirty. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> I hate me in Houston already. Enough. <laughs> <laughs> already. I'm not going to do that. Will you say we have to go to a radio break here on the Pat McAfee show? Radio break here on the Pat McAfee show. Whoa! I don't know if that's creepy or impressive, ladies and gentlemen. MLB. Oh, man, you made baseball interesting. I appreciate you for that. I watch every morning on Get Up. You're great. I'll read your book, The Arm, ladies and gentlemen. And an MLB insider from ESPN, Jeff Bassett. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, tell your kid we said hello and we appreciate him. I will do that. Take it easy, boys. No problem. Have a good one. Today's show is brought to you by Manscaped. Everybody knows that Manscaped is the greatest company in below-the-belt grooming to ever exist. Ow! Son of a bitch! Those are screams and sounds I used to make when I would cut myself shaving before I knew about the Manscaped. Thank you, Manscaped, for turning my loud shrieks into multiple peaks. Men, start taking notes. Because Manscaped accidents are finally a thing of the past. No more cuts and nicks with the Manscaped Lawnmower 3.0. This is a third-generation trimmer featuring an advanced skin-safe technology so you keep your bad boys nice and smooth. The Manscaped engineering team spent 18 months perfecting the greatest ball hair trimmer ever created and just released the new and improved Lawnmower 3.0. When I tell you this is premium, I mean premium. The battery will last up to 90 minutes. Take your time down there. Huh? Bob Ross said thing. One of the coolest features is the LED light, which illuminates grooming areas for a closer and more precise trimming. And let's not forget about the charging stand. Show your mower off loud and proud. Because this intelligently designed stand is a rapid charging dock powered by USB. So many people have written in stories about how the Lawnmower 3.0 has changed their lives. They even included pics so I could see the smoothness for myself. <laughs> they did not. They did not. That did not happen. But you get it. You need to try this out for yourself. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code McAfee at manscaped.com. That's M-C-A-F-E-E at M-A-N-S-C-A-P-E-D dot com. Manscaped dot com. 20% off and free shipping with the code McAfee. Your balls will thank you. Get 20% off and free shipping with code McAfee at Manscaped dot com. Your partner, your dick, and your balls will thank you. Tell me something, Are you happy in this modern world? Or do you need more? Do you need more? Do you need McAfee and Hawk Sports Talk? Well, here you have it. Wearing a tiger shirt, a part of the PMI Zoo created by Boston Connor. Yeah! Yeah! PMI, people will not be able to find out about it for about a week or so. Hey, over here. We are having a big time celebration. To my left, sitting on this throne and in front of a fake bookshelf, AJ Hawk. How are you, buddy? 
I'm doing well. I, d- I didn't know you were a lefty. Well, I don't. Hey, <laughs> we don't know. First game, I obviously took three at bats ever. Uh, my first three at bats in the history of my life were all on the right side of the plate. But while we were practicing with a hockey ball, one day before the game started, when mm-hmm. I started my BP practice, I went over to the left side, and I'll tell you what. Making contact. Squaring Ooh. it up. Yeah. Making contact. It's all about your matchup. Yep. Huh? So you're a switch hitter, yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. You can make some big time money <laughs> being that guy. Oh yeah. Tell me Good something. stance. Maybe I point the bat at the fucking pitcher's oh, face. Coming for you. Bat. And then lift, right? Oh yeah. Yep. Lift. You gotta get that back. Oh! Yep. Squash the oh bug. Oh my god! Squash the bug. Squash the bug with that back foot. <laughs> Great knee bend. Good eye. Oh. Good eye. Good eye. Good eye. Go ahead, AJ. Send the pitch in. Send the pitch in. Oh. Hey, here we go, man. Oh. Here we go. Come on, oh. AJ. Send the pitch in there. Hey, Hold it. there. Hold it. Sure Hold on, hands. pitcher. Okay, you're good. Go ahead, AJ. You go pitch it up. Am I pitching it? Pissed okay. Ball. There. Okay. I pitched it. No, no, no. Use oh. your arm. Oh, shit. It's a meatball right down oh. the middle. <laughs> oh, my oh, my God. He's going to have a family. <laughs> Can't pitch for shit. <laughs> Ballsy bat flip. I mean, that was glass table. Glass table. <laughs> Didn't even think about it. <laughs> you ever hit a home run on live radio or on live YouTube before? Can't think oh. about the glass table that almost got hit by that thing. Uh-huh. You would have the Steve Austin music playing right there. <laughs> if that thing, <laughs> you imagine me grounding second there. <laughs> bang, bang. <laughs> uh, a lot of big news on uh, baseball front coming from our show earlier today. Blake Snow is a man who plays Twitch uh, on his Twitch stream, plays video games on his Twitch stream. Went on a riot act, basically, talking about how how am I expected to play this short season that's supposed to be put together in the next three to four weeks, less games, about 17%, maybe 9% of the money that I'm, I'm being guaranteed, more reps on my arm, and I'm dealing with the Rona in a not safe fashion. Did you hear Blake Snow on the Twitch, AJ? And what are your thoughts on it? I heard it after the fact. I heard a little bit of your interview with Jeff Passan. Is that his name? Jeff Passan. Hey, by the way, great fucking interview. Awesome. Mm-hmm. He was really good. Yes, I just I saw the little Elmo clip he had as well. Oh, yeah. That that got weird. <laughs> well, I had to make sure I understood that it was also weird. So I said, don't know if that's impressive or weird, but here we are. Let's go ahead and have a good time. Very good. Probably the best Elmo impression I've ever heard. But he was a great interview. I just told him... Uh, I sent him a DM. I think he followed me today. So I sent hey, him a DM. Let's go. No big deal. No big deal. Also got emails from, uh, sorry, email from oh. Mark Cuban. Oh, oh, what? <laughs> what happened? What did he say? Well, I mean, well, we're on our way to him coming on the show. On our way. On the show. Um. I think there's a chance he's coming on the show. But Jeff Passan and I were DMing, and I said, hey, you're a good face for baseball. He was a great interview, and that sport is not something I'm interested in at all. Even though I played in a game, and I have a 333 on-base percentage and, and that type of stuff, and a put-out. and obviously thousand fielding percentage. One th- I've never, have you ever Perfect. heard of it? And the Birmingham Barons yeah. and I are potentially about to do a little dance in the Ooh, double-A. I mean, wow. I'm not really a big baseball guy, but listening to him speak about baseball, he's very good at what he does. And I think that is a guy that... I enjoyed talking about. He said he feels as if this is going to happen, and it's not. They're going to come back and have a season, and it's not just in Arizona and Florida. It's not a biodome. 
they're going to be traveling. I think he he thinks that they're good. People are going to want to travel. The local channels and local sports stations account for two point five billion dollars in revenue every single year for the MLB, which I didn't know. And he thinks that they're just going to do their thing. And it all has, has to happen in three to four weeks. I just don't know how you get Blake Snell, who was very against this whenever yeah. he he did the math. And do we have that clip? Yes, sir. He was very very against it. If somebody saw it earlier on our show, we apologize for running again. There might be some people that haven't seen it though. This is the clip from Blake Snell. Pitcher, almost a Cy Young winner last year? Yeah, yep. he did Finished win it third. two years ago. Mm-hmm. Cy Young, which, by the way, that's the best pitcher. I did not know. I thought that potentially he's <laughs> infielder, not 100% sure. But Cy Young winner two years ago. Good pitcher, just signed a big deal, got drafted out of high school. This is his thoughts on potentially coming back from the Rona quarantine. Bro, y'all got to understand, too, because y'all going to be like, bro, Blake, play for the love of the game, man. What's wrong with you, bro? Money should not be a thing. Bro, I'm risking my life. What do you mean it should not be a thing? It 100% should be a thing. If I'm going to play, I should be getting the money I signed to be getting paid. I should not be getting half of what I'm getting paid because the season's cut in half on top of a 33% cut of the half that's already there. So I'm really getting like 25%. On top of that, it's getting taxed. So imagine how much I'm actually making to play. You know what I'm saying? Like, I ain't making And on top of that, so all that money's gone. And now I play risking my life. And and, what, and if I get the Rona, on top of that, if I get the Rona, guess what happens with that? Oh, yeah, that stay, that's in my body forever. That damage is not going to be, like, the damage that was done to my body, that's going to be there forever. So now I got to play with that on top of that. So, so y'all got, I mean, y'all got to understand, me. man, for me to go, for me to take a pay cut is not happening because the risk is through the roof. It's a shorter season, less pay, like, bro, it's, yeah, man, I gotta no, I gotta get my money. I'm not playing unless I get mine. Let's obviously his Twitch delivery was something that some people might not listen to, uh, and and be like, oh yeah, okay, let's listen to what that. He said a lot of good points in there. His math questionable, but he said a lot of really good points in there. And I think if he's probably speaking how a lot of players feel, I would assume that he's speaking. And the MLBPA has negotiated good deals with the MLB. The no salary cap and the guaranteed revenue. I mean, they they do good in their negotiations with the MLB. The players have a, lot, a loud voice over there. I don't know if they're going to be able to get those guys to want to come play a half a season in three to four weeks. I understand they, they got to get governors to okay that they can play sports in their stadiums. Mayors also have to be able to do that. They have to figure out travel. They have a lot to do. But how about just the players being like, yeah, we'll do it. And I just don't know if the thought of telling them that if there's no season, it could be catastrophic to the league. I don't know if players are going to – I don't know. It, that sounded very passionate to be from a guy that's like, yo, think about the math here. Do the numbers. Think about my chickens, okay? And think about the Rona and my health. It seems like he – they're out on that. Don't you think? Is that what you heard? He brought up some good points, I guess. So Major League Baseball, they're going to get a prorated contract, right? So if they play half the games, you're going to get half your salary. That's where they started. Bingo. And now they want to go 33% – Reduction on top of your prorated uh, contract already? No, that was for 50-50 revenue split. So they think it'll be another 33% loss because of the agreement that it would be a 50-50 revenue split. I think. Mm-hmm. I'm not 100% sure, but they think it'll be another 33% down because it's a 50-50 split as opposed to no salary cap or whatever. Well, the, the players have the leverage here, don't you think? I mean, <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah, his delivery <laughs> may not be the most eloquent when he was on his Twitch stream. But you know what? Like the players, they're the product. So if the owners want to say, "Hey, we're 
no, you take this this cut or there's no season. The players are like, cool. What are you going to get some some guys across the picket line or something? Even though it's not really a strike, I don't want to. I wonder what it'd be considered if the players don't play. Uh oh. I will be the Shane Falco. <laughs> if they listen, no offense to the MLB players, okay? You got to do your thing. Get your chickens. My brand of baseball is not going to be one that's going to last a long time. But if they need, I will. I will go over there. I'll go over there right now, AJ. I don't think they're looking for. I don't know if that's exactly what we're looking for. I would. I would. Hey, I'll throw my. I'll throw my hat in the ring too. If if they're oh, taking some boy. scabs across the picket line, imagine you and me out there in the outfield. Instead of the no fly zone, very much be the well. If it's a little bit too far, all fly. Zone. <laughs> you know <what> I mean? <laughs> It'd be fun, man. But I don't under I don't know what's going to happen. But like you said, it's got to happen in three or four weeks. Imagine the logistics. Just putting mm-hmm. one baseball game on, let alone what they want to put eighty two on. Yeah, eighty two half the season. That's why they're they're saying their salary will be split half. They're saying I don't think you're a lefty. Go on now. <laughs> Why? You don't think that looks very Let me good? see what you look like, righty. Turn around. <laughs> Just know that would have been a hit. Oh, yeah. 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 For sure. Lining up. Yeah, it may have been a hit, but you can hit hit dingers right-handed. Oh, you want to oh. get base hits lefty. Why do you want to hit right, lefty? You think, you think this looks better? You look a little more relaxed from that side of the plate. See, I think you look relaxed from the left side. I mean, see, I think you're yeah. you're playing a character in your right-handed stance. In left-handed stance, it looks more natural. Yeah. Oh, really? Well, see, in my left-handed stance, I think I'm playing a character. You look, st- yeah, you're right. You look stiff junior. right-handed. This is the this is the wham bang one-handed Homer. That's it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Which I think maybe my that might be my swing. That's your logo. Yeah, that's you. I like the open okay. stance too. See, look at that. Yeah. It looks like a baseball card right now. Your name in the Just bottom. Just make sure you don't step in a bucket. <laughs> you do look good, lefty. Oh, yeah, Doesn't it, right? Bang, Homer. I think left-handed might be the way to go. Make contact from my weak side of the plate. If I go up to double A, we're probably hitting, what, at least 666. Find out in Birmingham this year. Whoa. Oh. Pitch coming Whoa. in. Oh, oh, inside. Oh. We could go take a couple hacks out at the basketball court. <laughs> We were doing that hey, when Pat, I had to go play there with the hot Pat, ball. if you were a pitcher, would you be upset like these pitchers get when people bat flip them? If, you hit, if they hit a homer on you, if a dude had a nice, just a gentle bat flip, or would you get upset and want to fight him? Listen, if you walk into that box and you beat me in a battle and you want to pimp it a little bit, you can do what you got to do. But if I strike you out, full suck it coming out from the thing <laughs> I'm me too. You know what I mean? Like I was I agree. I agree 100%. Like, the Baker Mayfield, when he was in Oklahoma, came to Ohio State, beat him, planted the flag in the field turf. Not exactly the same thing since the flag won't stick in field turf, only in grass. It's only about a quarter of an inch deep. Yeah, it felt so pretty whatever. quick. Yeah. Yeah, it's the thought that counts. But people are like, oh, are you upset at Baker? No, he came in and he beat you in your home field. What can you do? You can be mad, whatever, cool. But it doesn't matter. If they beat you, they, I feel like they have freedom to kind of celebrate and do what they need. Yeah, just whenever you win, guess what? Ha <laughs> ha. Two-way street, bitch. We're coming full flex. You know what I mean? Yeah. Why don't pitchers do that? That's how it works. The, in the, uh, the Korean Baseball League, they're, I know they've been oh. pubbing. They're huge oh, bat yeah. flips. Bro, they, that first night, was the best part about it, now granted, this might be the state of baseball, but the highlights were mostly just them pimping home runs. It was the setup. Yep. It was the Zoom crowd on the, the Jumbotron. It was the mascots, obviously, that jacked up Dino one day. I mean, I love that thing. And then it was the pimping of home runs in that one American pitcher. That was all the highlights were. 
I think they should celebrate it. Wait, who's that good-haired son of a bitch? On the pitcher? No. Garrett uh, Cole? Nope. Nationals, too. Oh, um, Bryce? Bryce Harper. There it is. Thank you. Bryce Harper. Great hair. But That's really... That, that was how you got to Bryce Harper? <laughs> Have good hair. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You have a your brain works in mysterious ways, man. I, I appreciate it. Well, those that's how remember I'm sprinting down an aisle and it's just like I picked up the hair and then the back just fell off. So literally the only description I had there was the fucking I'm on the good hair right now, if you could help me out here a little bit. But he was into that. He was like, hey, mm-hmm. like he was like, uh baseball should embrace that a little bit more. And I think Back in the day, who was that? There was a pitcher that wanted to fight somebody. A lot of them. Who ran Every pitcher wants to fight if someone bat flips them. Oh, really? That's yeah. Just oh, like, yeah. It's like a huge disrespect to the history and tradition of the game and what we're doing in baseball and all that. I, I think you're exactly right. Really? You could bat flip, yeah. but if I strike you out, I can do whatever the hell I want out here. Yeah, including throwing at your head. Exactly. They started making uh, Make Baseball Great Again hats, I'm pretty sure, for the uh, support of pimping home runs. That's Boston uh, Connor back there. Who's they? a man from Virginia. With <laughs> yeah. the, the players in the MLB. I, Harper had one on. I'll find the photo. That's probably right, by the way. Hey, Connor, I'm not doubting you, pal, because you look like a person that we should doubt. I'll find a photo. <laughs> it's the last day of the chops, AJ. Yeah. Can't see him. Why is it the last day? It's been a month. Turn your light on. <laughs> I think it's time for the uh, – well, you didn't turn that one on. I didn't think it was going to turn on yet. Oh, see, oh, there it is. Always the make baseball fun again was what he was wearing. <laughs> oh, make baseball fun again? Okay. Well, Why don't you have it. the light on? Like, I feel like that's just a standard move. Hey, going on to a show that has a camera on me probably should be able to see me when they get to me. Oh, you, Fox you know, no, so, no, no, it wasn't Fox. That was on me. Something happened with the camera where we weren't using the light and the camera was, you know, bright oh, enough to show me. Fault. And then at some point this week, the camera, I don't know, maybe it got a little faulty. I don't want to play point fingers at cameras. By the way, we just want to let me know. <laughs> Same quote as this morning, too. Uh-oh. Oh, What's that? Drop oh, the same no, quote? Connor. Connor. Come on. Well, no, no, no. I figure I'd let it eat for this one. I'll change it halfway through. Big this is good. It's a good quote. You know, it's worth two. You can't just get rid of it once. It's, 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 come on. It's a classic. Hey, Pat. Yeah, buddy. Oh, sorry to, to pivot, Connor, but I'm curious. You mentioned the virtual <laughs> fans <laughs> that they have, and they're going to have these supposedly at NFL games if they don't have mm-hmm. actually human beings in the stands. What does that mean? They just Zoom people on the Jumbotron like we saw our commissioner, Roger Goodell, do at the draft? Well, I think if you see the KBO... The KBO has fake heads in every seat. It's literally, and I've said this numerous times, like a cartoon animation, how they have, you just have little heads in the crowd whenever you, I think that's what the thought would be. And then I would assume the jumbo, ah. They should have the wacky inflatable arms like two mans in the stands. In the KBO one, they did have a zoom on the jumbotron. Well, that's what I'm saying. But for NFL, how would that work? Because you only have, what, 40 people. That stadium, 70,000. You definitely have to wacky armed inflatable arms like two men. Have to, so yeah, like the fake. They got K-pop. Hey, those are our boys, aren't they? Yeah. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. those are our guys. They yep. pay a lot of money for those. Seats. I kind of like that. BTS. Um, I don't know how they would do unless they build up TVs all the way around. Okay, here we go. Let's get in it. <laughs> so Atlanta Falcons could do it. Yeah. So where the odd the stadium the seats would normally be, they put up um, how many televisions? Gigantic. LED screens that are bendable and they can bend it all the way around like the bowl of the stadium. Yeah, so it's like a hockey rink with mm-hmm. the glass goes up, but that's just TVs and it's a little that's bit easy. Of- we what we only need what say 
30-some. Okay, now let's count college stadiums as well. We have hundreds of stadiums that we have to outfit with these brand new LED screens that haven't been invented yet. We got to get it done in the next two to three months. Samsung, yeah. have you heard yeah, of it? This, it's easy. This seems like this is something that can easily get done. And I, How has this not been thrown out there? I, you know what? Sometimes ideas get thrown out on, on these types of shows and people are like, you know what? Bingo. That is that. the right That's answer. I don't know if we're going to be able to get bendy TVs. There are TVs that are bent, though. Those mm -hmm. are out there. And oh, yeah. I almost got mm -hmm. hustled into buying one as soon as you walk into Best Buy, which kind of looks like the new Los Angeles Rams uniforms, by the way, now that I think about it. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people are mm -hmm. hammering those things. They don't deserve it. But when you walk in, that first thing, I bought a 3D TV there. It's like the car that's sitting on top of the thing that you're not supposed to buy. It's the worst deal they want you to buy. I almost got that with the round TV. So I, that was a very... Very pricey. I got a 3D TV I still have yet to use because you got to put on a mask, basically. But I think you could just, yeah, just like that, right there. Look at that. What stadium is that? Show me. That's the sphincter That's one. That's the uh, Falcons stadium. That's what I said. No. But there's what are you going to lower that Falcons. down to where the TV it looks normal, like you can put fans in there? I think they'll just like fans boom, on the right screen. Down the sidelines. And they already got control for uh, piping the fans' noise, didn't Correct. they? A couple years ago, yeah. so they already have that part. Mm -hmm. Pipe, you. The piping and the fan noise, by the way, is, I think, a good idea by Fox. Just a little subtle, nothing crazy, and maybe even have somebody who's on there actually mixing it so when something big happens, boom, maybe even have a boo in there if somebody doesn't like something. You know, have somebody really working it. But I like the little ambient noise, and I think Joe Buck, uh, he said that to Andy Cohen of The Real Housewives. He and said they're working on it. Please hey, be careful uh, because he will slit your throat the, if you get the words. He will. Well, there Ooh. was people saying that Joe Buck, the way he was getting quoted, I would assume Joe Buck was not happy. He put out quite a thread. He was not happy. <laughs> well, it, oh, he did. I didn't slit, see that. Slit, slit yeah, throat, about yeah. four tweets long, five tweets long. He well, he not, didn't want to speak for Fox. Well, I would assume that the NFL also not happy about said thing that he said, and Joe Buck is. By the way, I don't think the NFL should be mad at him. I, I think Joe Buck throwing out ideas to give us something to ponder and talk about isn't bad for the NFL fan, especially in this time. But I think the ambient noise is a good idea. Um, if it's just something you can't, not too loud, but just a little something for, the, you don't have to put it in the stadium, by the way. You just put it on the, just like a laugh track does on those Broadcast, uh, yeah. situation sitcoms. Mm -hmm. That's going to sound like Seinfeld. Yeah, exactly. Just a little And bit. to cover up some of the language that they don't want to have to continue to beep. Because they're going to have mics, but I think you might want to go the other way. If you've been watching the UFC during this time when they're fighting in empty arenas, the fights seem much more like nasty and gruesome because there's can't hear anything. You can hear their, their cornermen yelling at them and giving them instruction. You can hear Joe Rogan and Anik and everybody, but then you can hear the connection of the punches and the kicks. Imagine an NFL game, full-blown regular season game, no fans, same amount of mics like the referees are mic, the center's mic. Those hits are going to come across the TV nasty. Like you're going to hear it. I, you know what? I was kind of against that being completely quiet because when I heard Joe Buck say they're putting in ambient noise, I was like, you know what? Not a bad idea. I could see how that would help. But then you think back to like training camp, some practices in training camp, whenever it's like maybe the end of the day or whatever, and if there's not a lot of fans there for whatever reason, or maybe it was before it was closed. Some of those one-on-one -on -one drills and some of those team periods. Like those goal line periods? Oh, yeah. my God. There was just, it was awesome. And they would normally take the, the big guys that they don't want to get hurt out. So you didn't see your absolute best offensive lineman going against your best defensive lineman unless it was like a couple You times. would for maybe one or two plays. Yeah, and then that's they would finish the drive out with other people. They'll figure it out. They got to get at least a rep in here so you remember it. But then let's not get 
said person hurt in this particular drill. And that's the type of drill it is, though, right? It is the type of drill where somebody could easily get hurt here. People are going to the ground. There's big hits. Those things used to sound awesome. But I think the shit talk was the the best part about it. It's like, how does the NFL monitor that? That'll be an interesting thing. That that'll, Like, how are you going to – I don't know how it works when, like, the game, let's say it's on a seven-second delay. How is somebody going to – someone's going to sit there and have to beep out like there's going to be multiple things to beep sometimes on on one play. Yeah, because you can't just have complete silence because people would say, well, they're already mic'd up on the field and you don't hear swear words all the time. It's because they turn down the mics too. And it's like if there's no other sound, you can't turn down said I mean maybe they could. Maybe they'll turn it down sometimes, but then there'll be yeah. no sound. It's like I don't know. Well, you love the announcers still, but yeah, yeah, you're right. There's no like ambient underlying noise behind them. You know what I think announcers though? just because I think this would be hilarious. Uh, I think commentary should not only go to TV, but to the entire stadium, too. Oh, yeah. Nice. Entire stadium. So the players here. <laughs> you said, that is not what we called. <laughs> hey, Troy, that was not what we called, pal. Time Our, out. <laughs> hey, Troy, that ain't, hey, uh-uh. That ain't what you're saying. That would be oh. legendary. I heard with the MMA, corners are talking less because they don't want the other corners hearing what they're saying and the fighters also hearing what they're saying, like as far as plans and stuff like that. How do you think NFL coaches are going to deal with like yelling at players, like as far as what the call was, or like are they going to talk less, or are they going to do like fake dummy calls out to the field so that the other coaches hear them across the way? Great question. They have the microphone obviously in their ear that they can hopefully For, duffle down mm-hmm. a little bit. But when you're calling out plays and stuff, this is like the XFL. I, I asked the XFL folks about this because the coaches, their conversations are mic'd up, like right, so you you could hear somebody's entire play call. And we asked uh, how mummy about it the day before. And he was like, they still got to figure out which call is the call. Like that's like they, you know what I mean? So I think in my eyes, and I could be wrong here, AJ, you, you know this much better than me because you probably played in plenty of games where you could have known what the other signals were or cadences were or calls were. But for me, I think it would still be, it wouldn't be as easy as people think just to be able to pick things up if it's all verbiage and being able to hear exactly what people are saying from the other sideline. Am I wrong in thinking that? No, I think you're right. And yeah, you can hear what they're doing. You can hear the little like one word things that the quarterback will say to a a receiver for like a sight adjustment route or something if he feels like the coverage. You can hear it, but also good quarterbacks, especially veteran quarterbacks, they're going to throw in a lot of dummy calls too. Like they're going to, he's going to, before he breaks the huddle, he's like, hey man, this play is locked. Whatever I say at the line, don't listen. Like, none of it means anything. And he's going to call real calls at the line of scrimmage that he may use, but those are dead on that play. Like, that happens now. I think that would happen a lot more, I guess, if we couldn't hear anything else. If you're an offensive lineman, okay, think about the offensive lineman's job real quick. They never get enough credit. They're hand-to-hand combat every single play trying to battle for their life. And defensive linemen can run stunts and some can take plays off and not really get noticed. Offensive linemen have to be on every single play. And if they lose one time every single game, they're going to get cut. So they have to win every single time or they're going to get cut. But then as you're dead tired, you're forced to be overweight, okay, forced to be overweight. As you're dead tired, you also have to have the wherewithal in between your ears to know what the hell the play call is, what it is, what, uh, what, it's on and then where you're headed and by the way once you get in your stance can't move not even can't even move your head like accident can't sneeze you sneeze and you're making adjustments with your other offensive lineman at the line of scrimmage while your hand is in the ground and you can't move can't move and if you just move and people the defense can give you an entire huh, hey, yeah, yeah, huh, and they can even yell out things can't budge 
can't budge. And then you have to block out the fake calls that are happening for the real calls while trying to figure out what they, what game or, or stunt they could potentially play. Offensive linemen's jobs are a nightmare. I, I have no idea how people like Yonda, Alan Quay Shipley, who's been doing it a long time, our boy Sitton. I mean, I don't, Nick Mango. I don't know how these Damian Woody, I don't know how these dudes. I just didn't want to leave anybody out there because, of course, I would keep have going. Those uh, let's much. think. Who else do we know? Who else has been on the show? Keep throwing their O line. TJ Lang. TJ Lang. TJ Lang. Should have been. He was the most recent. He's great interview, by the way. TJ Lang. Oh, yeah. yeah. What do you have? A big old lipper in whenever oh, he's yeah. talking to oh, us yeah. at his computer. Oh, yeah. Cocktail. Shouldn't have forgot about him, but I did because a lot of things happening here, and that's why I couldn't be an offensive lineman because there's things like that that I would miss. Do they have to know like audibles for specific plays, or do they have like? 10 different options that they could go with that they just have to listen to the quarterback. I think they have to know everything. Don't, they don't have to know the routes, but I think they have to know everything else on the offense, I think. Am, am I accurate in saying that? Yeah, I mean, I don't think many O-linemen know what like the route combination is happening, but yeah, they especially the center, he has to know every, what everybody's doing. Yeah, every offensive lineman should absolutely know what the, all, every offensive lineman has on each protection. Hey, how come those uh, dudes like Keekley and Joe Schobert, how come when how come they have the ability to know exactly what's coming? Is that from formation? That's not from words being said, right? That's from like formation and tendency and everything like that. Yeah, it's that. all like study, like tendencies leading up to that, what they've done in the past, what the coordinator, like you scout the coordinator too. So if you have a team, let's say you're playing a team that's in your division, you play them twice a year, but they have a new coordinator this year and you're playing them for the first time with this new coordinator, you'll go back and watch film of that coordinator with his old team, whoever he was with before. To see, like, oh, what are his staple things? What does he like? But then, yeah, I mean, everything, they, you try to get little tips, like, from through film study. And it's always situational, too. Like, you can try to compartmentalize and say, all right, here we go. Second and medium, they like this chunk of plays. And you got to figure out in your brain, remember what personnel grouping and looks that they get to, like, final formation. And then, oh, there. And hopefully have a little light goes off and you have an idea of where to Start start your path when the play starts. Like, okay, this is how I'm going to attack it. That's like the Cam Newton, Clay Matthews situation where he, mm-hmm. you, know, you watch film, you screen, because I think Clay – wheel route. Was it Clay? Yeah. Wheel route. Watch the wheel route or whatever. And Cam says to him, oh, you watch film. I like that. And then says the watch this thing or whatever. And then he scores a yeah. touchdown on a slant, I think, instead mm-hmm. of a wheel route. That's the type of thing, though, that teams can do in between just week to week. Like, I think there was things that Peyton had that meant maybe five different things throughout an entire season. It's like, that's why as a defender, I'd assume you can't just bank on your ears all the time. And this is exactly what people would think with the no crowd. Would people, but I think the XFL debunked that. And I think a lot of people have come out and said like, yeah, you can't really trust what's being said out there because everybody's trying to lie to everybody. And the quarterbacks change their hand signals too. Like every... They don't want to change them all the time, but there's so many different practice squad guys coming in and out of a team that, yeah, quarterbacks have to change. Like, the little hand signals for individual routes they want to change at the line of scrimmage, they change that a lot, too. And you, I guess you'll probably have to do that even more with no fans and every single eyeball and everyone can hear all that is happening. It'll be fun to watch, I think. Hey, let alone those Zoom fans, you know? Because mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. if they're on that TV along the side, they're going to be right in How there. How do I sign up to be a Zoom fan? You got, I think you got to email uh, commish at nfl.net. Yep. Mm-hmm. I'll ask Portnoy. Dave, will, Dave can put me in there. <laughs> He'll probably have an entire section. He'll buy out an entire Zoom You're TV. Right. You could probably – that's probably what they'll do. Sell it. Mm-hmm. You sell a section, a, t- a whole section that is long, uh, along the side of the field, and you can just – and then you can give the link 
Yeah. So the I just read easy. something on that, Pat, where they said they could really make a lot of ad ad revenue up if they like when they let's say they put a tarp over sections of the the stadium because it's not no one's going to be there. If you would just sell those sections, like if PMI wanted to sponsor oh, yeah. a certain section for a Colts game, like when you're watching on TV, we see your logo. Oh yeah, for sure, we're buying that. Mm-hmm. Where are we going, Don Jacksonville? Taking a, I don't gonna think they're going to the, do it. I bet the NFL doesn't do it. We're going to buy the entire upper bowl. <laughs> New Ram oh. Stadium. Well, I don't know if they're going to be playing there. Oh, that, yeah. that, it is a place. I'm not 100% sure they're going to be playing. <laughs> Vegas. Oh, oh yeah. Vegas. That one's going to be expensive, though. Remember, mm-hmm. uh, they gotcha. got casino money out there. True. <laughs> but they make $560 million or something in that yep. one day whenever yep. it was uh, for the licenses to buy season tickets. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Something like that. There's a number. That was not the right number. But it's, it's like 480 I think. It's in that area. They made it one day over there in Vegas. The NFL, I don't think the NFL is going to get delayed at all, by the way. Like the MLB, they're trying to battle right now because their shit would have started when this was all happening. But I think the NFL is like gung ho on they we're just going to make this happen. This is we're America's game, America's league, the world's best sport. We are going to make this happen, and that's just I think it's a good mindset to have. I'm pumped to see how that plays out because the MLB I don't think is going to work out. Nah, the team's going to have to relocate though. I know yeah. people freaked out because California went on another till. August 1st or end of July, another stay-at-home thing, and now they're saying they're not going to play. So, okay, Florida's governor is saying, come on in. We got you. We'll host anybody who wants to play. Come on down. Listen to the games in Florida. That's what they'll do. They'll say, come on. Arizona did the same thing. Major leagues, come on out. Come on out. We got good weather, too. Hey, desert, 98 degrees yesterday. I FaceTimed with a, a guy that used to play center there uh, just last year, retiring there. He was sweating his ass off while we had to be bundled up because it was winter here in Indiana. Come on down. Come on. Very interesting because L.A. Rams, they can't go to St. Louis, but they can go to San Antonio, can't they, down there, San Antonio? Everybody talked about that place being a, a potential future home for the, an NFL team. San Antonio wants a team. That could be a place. Then you talk about St. Louis, the Battle Hawks. I mean, they sold Ooh. out that stadium. Uh, Oliver Luck uh, missed miss out on like $30 million or something like that with a lawsuit <laughs> with uh, Vince McMahon currently. But the Battle Hawks, they're ready for, for the Chargers to get to town. Oh, yeah. I think that's what the NFL will try to do. Obviously, it's not ideal situation for anybody, but I think the NFL is going to do whatever to make this happen. So if they let's say a team that does relocate say to to florida or whatever you just move all of operations and it's like you have a a seven month camp but it's just the regular season is that what you do when you bring everybody all the support staff and they all are housed in one big hotel or something to be honest i just got a text message saying i have to read an ad within the next five minutes or it doesn't count i didn't hear what you said at the beginning are you talking about baseball or football football Football. so you're saying for seven months will everybody be housed in the same place Say a team, not everybody, but say a team's in California and they need to relocate to play. Yeah. You just go and use someone else's practice facility, your whole, everybody there, hundreds and hundreds of people stay in the same hotel for the entirety of the season. I don't know. Is that how it works? Because you would would have to have a place that has facilities already built, like St. Louis, right? St. Louis already has facilities built for this. They would be able to handle it. I would assume some college, but colleges have to use their facilities. So who's going to... The facilities being available is a massive thing. I mean, that is, you look for places that used to have NFL teams maybe back in the day that they can somehow. It's not like you have team to have time to retrofit something that doesn't work right now, though. You what an advantage, by the way, that is for all the teams that are at their homes with, 
you know, state-of-the-art everything, state-of-the-art literally. And then you go to somewhere else that hasn't been an NFL or home or a team or a home for a team for a long time, and it's just raggedy old Dirt shit. field. Oh, oh, man. This is awesome. Actually, then, maybe – am I wrong, though? Is Let's say you're in California and you can't play games there. Could you still live there, practice there, and then just fly out and play your home games in Nevada or Arizona? It's a stay at home. They got that stay at home thing going on yeah. for another three. But that's let's say that opens up August something. Can I, you just not have large gatherings? Like you, you're, we're not going to fill a stadium. Yeah, we're not going to let you play games. But can they stop them from practicing? That's good. That's a good question. And by the way, if you could do that, if you're the Rams or the Chargers, and you could, everything's an away game. Then that's just 17 or 16 games that that are away, uh, which sucks when it comes to um, competitive. Because rest on the other side, especially when you're in L.A., eh, I don't know. Why don't you hit that ad read, bud? Yeah, well, I have to. That, that was a, a hilarious text message. And that's a great question you asked, too, and I just couldn't, I couldn't even pay attention to it. Ugh. You know, and that's kind of to miss, you know? Happens. It happens. What are you going to do? Maybe I need to get back to baseball. Oh, hair looks good. Got a good haircut. Hey, not too shabby, huh? I, I don't know what happened. Who here. did it? Uh, somebody in the office learned how to be a barber. I didn't. Sup. I don't know what happened here. Was is that to, supposed to be a part? Yup. And normally the part is where the hair yeah. is. You see, yeah. so it can part the hair. <laughs> yeah. And this particular one didn't happen, but that's what happened. It's just like a line. Like I used to have, you know, when you'd have a couple of people called them stair steps, whatever, vanilla ice. Oh yeah. College, I had the. Uh, I even had a slit in the eyebrow at one point. Oh yeah, Charles Woodson. He might still have that. Charles always had a couple slits. Hey, that's what you got. You're do, in good company. You Maybe that made me. Better athlete all of a sudden. Ladies and gentlemen, the other day, we told you about a company that whenever you shop with them, you're shopping with a company that has created the most comfortable shorts in the history of shorts. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. These shorts have the underwear attached to said shorts so you can say, sayonara, bitch, to your boxers, See to ya. your briefs. Mm -hmm. To your tidy whiteies. Peace mm -hmm. out. Peace out. Later. Because a company created shorts that have underwear attached that figured it out to make them the most comfortable fit you have ever put on your legs, thighs, and reproducing area. And that company is also giving you a free pair of nunchucks. What? Whenever you. Nunchucks. Uh, what? No way. Nunchucks. Whenever you shop with them. And that company is Bird Dogs. Bird Dogs. Bird Dogs are the greatest shorts, and they have pants now as well. I haven't tried them on yet, but I assume if they're anything like the shorts, they are going to fit perfectly, and they are going to feel great. Your Bird Dog shorts you can wear in the pool. Mm. You can wear them to play the basketball. No way. Heard of it? You can wear them to sleep. Oh. And you can wear them to a business meeting. Oh, wow. They are all-terrain shorts that fit snug. As a rug, rug, oh, yeah. rugs are yeah, good. And rugs are very snug. Oh yeah, mm -hmm. they're done properly. Right now, when you Ball go to birddogs.com and enter promo code Sports Talk, they'll throw in a free pair of nunchucks. That's right, these murder weapons. Oh my gosh! Especially in a time like these, by the way, now is a great time to get a pair of nunchucks yeah. and a free pair of nunchucks at that. Yeah, yeah. And these aren't no rinky dink. Bush League, Mickey Mouse, uh -uh. 
garbage nunchucks. Uh-uh, no. No, no, no. Still decapitated, man, with those. Oh, God. You hear that? Might break the mic. Stainless steel. That's metal. So when you... Oh! (laughs) Careful. But it's padded, too, so you can hold it in your hand. And it's also comfortable. Somehow, they figured out a way to make nunchucks comfortable because that's what this company does is they make things comfortable that aren't normally comfortable. That's birddogs.com. Enter promo code SPORTSTALK with no spaces. SPORTSTALK. SPORTSTALK. Sports talk. Sports talk. All right. That was good. That was real good. That's like Hawaii, their football team, University of Hawaii. Mm -hmm. They do like, I think, four away games at a time, and then they come back to Hawaii and have a home game because it's however long it is. Uh, For me, it's, I think, one Xanax (laughs) and two beers away from Indianapolis. (laughs) But from California, I'm not sure. But I think they do like four. Oh, I'm not. Somebody told me that one time, and I don't. I don't I've never heard that. That's the case. But you might. I don't know if it's four. I could see two. It would kind of have to be though. That's a ten. Don't they have to go flight. to school? Yeah, I don't know. You're right. So I guess they would have to go back. Do they do online schooling? I don't know how that works. Mm. That would kind of be what the Rams, Chargers, and the Niners would have to deal with, right? They'd mm-hmm. have to travel for everything. Don't you think a lot of coaches and people will really put up a fight and be like, hey, man, this puts us at a big disadvantage if we are displaced and doing all of these things. But then they say, hey, what's what's the alternative? You don't play? Adam Silver said on the call to the owners on Tuesday, the NBA owners, he said that we have no idea if the risk next week could be the same as the risk at Christmas. We have no idea what's going to happen with our risk assessment. So when we make the de- – he wasn't saying, like, we should make the decision to go because if we don't go now, we're not going to go till Christmas. He's just saying with that fact in mind, you guys now should make the decision. With that idea in mind, like, we have no clue what's going to happen. And I'm, I'm intrigued to see because this is going to become a political thing. I mean, it's going to become a political thing. For it sure. already has. It's already becoming a political thing. I don't know the world well enough, but it's already becoming a political thing. And then you've got some people that it seems like it's going to be locked down for what? Another six months, maybe five months at least. And then out here in Indiana, they're like, yeah, you can go back to restaurants tomorrow. I, I just don't know how much, I don't want to say, how much patience are the, the people that are going to be constricted to their house for the next five months going to have? Whenever they're watching the entire world that they don't live in, out here just living life regularly, I, I think this is this could go one way or another. This could go, okay, we're back. We just know that this is always going to be something we have to worry about, like the flu every year. Or it can go, bad. And I don't want it to go that way. I want it to go the other way. But I think that is... We have no idea what's going to happen in two months from now. We have no clue. So how could the NFL? They can't. They just have to prepare and adjust, get ready for everything. Wait and but see. It's insane. Yeah, you just got to put – they got to put multiple plans in place and see how it plays out, I guess. But, yeah, who ultimately is making the decisions? That's what I don't know. Who who says yeah? Who Roger Goodell? Mike Commissioner? Is he just the one that's like, yeah, we're back? Because Dana White got a fights back up, right? Dana White they, figured they out – They had a card last night. Like, he's – bam, bam, he's cranking them out. Another he's one, gonna one have Saturday, one on Saturday, too. What's that? Another one on Saturday, right? That's what I'm saying. You don't think the other commissioners are seeing what Dana White's doing? I mean, is that right? <laughs> Is, you is that right? You're the best commissioner. Huh? Okay. 
All right. I'll show you. That's real, though. Like, I think a lot went into Dana White being able to pull off a UFC weekend from every other sport, whether whether it's connected or not, or you would think. I think there was a lot of other people with a lot of money on the line and also a lot of risk, potentially. Like, all right, let's see how this does it, even though it's very different than ours. This is a very different operation. There's only, what, three people, four people per corner. They're coming in and out. Like, that's very different than obviously our sport. But there's a lot watching that. Like, all right, they're able to pull off three in one week. We can figure this out. Yeah, how many basketball uh, places are uh, NBA facilities? Are 22 open? of 30 are planning to open on Monday. I don't know. The other eight, I'd assume, were what, California? And is it just for small groups at a time? Or how do they, do you know how it works? I, Voluntary. I saw the heat. Yeah, they, the Heat, the, uh, when they opened yesterday or two days ago, had 12 guys come in. I mean, I don't know the schedule of when they come in, but they had 12 people come in, 12 players come in throughout the day. Man, there's so many basketballs you're touching and everything. I wonder how they're getting around that. Or maybe uh, like everyone has a one basketball they're assigned to. Don't rebound for anybody if you do, are in a group of three. It's got to be weird. They'll have gloves on, and I think every facility has to have a hygiene manager or something like that who cleans every doorknob. Whenever it's used, every bottle, every ball. And that was back, what, a week and a half ago when Shams Charania said that they released a memo saying they're going to roll out the opening of uh, facilities. And then they backed off. That might have been two weeks, three weeks ago. They backed off of that. But there was like a 16-page memo and guidelines, I guess, on how somebody could get into the facilities. Somebody had to wash every door. They could only come in one at a time. You couldn't be within 12 feet of each other. Somebody could rebound for you, but they have to have gloves on. So they had that entire thing set up already. That was their guidelines. But I, I don't know if that time is the exact same time as this time. I feel like we're potentially in different times. And I would assume those eight facilities that aren't opening, what is that? Left and right? Yeah, yeah. probably. Boston, I don't think. Boston don't and think New York open. teams. Yeah. Yep. Both the L.A. teams. Sacramento. Golden State. Golden State. That's sick. That, what's that, seven? Well, seven? Golden State, Steve Kerr even said, like, we're, we're on to next season. Like, yeah. we're, we're acting like we're, we're in the offseason already. What if they have a play-in tourney into the bracket, though, and they have everybody back? They should. Yeah. I don't the Bulls, even think. The Bulls back well, there are, their record's already really bad. Yeah, but what if it was just, what if it was just everybody in the league? Yeah, yeah. you get into a free for all. A free for all. Yeah, with Steph back, Clay back. If I'm right. Steve Kerr, hey, listen, I know people just told the story about me punching Michael Jordan in the chest and then getting one in the eye socket, but <laughs> let's go ahead and think about maybe. And what about the Nets? Or yeah, the Nets. Yep. Mm-hmm. KD. Kyrie. Kyrie. Ooh. Shut up. Hey. What was the what's the, uh, maybe the be what's Golden State's team. record right now? Not good. They're I think the they won like seven second or eight games worst or something team like that. in the NBA, I believe. Yeah. Man, how They're, is that all because of Steph getting hurt? Clay, Clay, Clay was out, and Kevin Durant yeah. left. Yeah, yeah. yeah I know K, KD left. I guess Clay is still out, and Steph. It's like unbelievable. They've been running the show for the last five years or whatever it is, and then all of a sudden they have what 12, 14 wins. Yep. Hey, everybody came after Kevin Durant and his burner accounts, but that guy, seven foot tall, drains threes, and is a savage on the defensive side. I mean, that seems oh, yeah. like uh, good basketball player. Tough guy to replace. Fifteen and fifty. Well, they won without him too. Well, the only the, with the championships they won with him, he won both the yeah. uh, Finals MVPs. So, I think Steph was pretty happy to see him go. Fight again. I don't yeah. know Steph Curry that well. I only know his dad, who's a fucking remarkable golfer, <laughs> <laughs> next level golfer. It is out. Dell class act. Dell class act. Yes, class act. <laughs> Smooth shit talker. Smooth, like one of the smoothest shit talkers, in a great golfer. Maybe put out a two footer. Yeah, I want to see put it in, and then I missed one later. I put that one in though, yeah. so that made me feel good. But there should never be any gimmies ever. What? 
Why do you hate Never. golf? Like, that so way? if okay, if you're playing a foursome and you're gonna gamble and you're gonna have some little all these little action going on, I despise the whole thing. Like when people are like, oh, is it good? Is it good? Oh, is it good? I'm like, I don't know. Make it, and then it'll be good. Like I, I always tell people like, <laughs> I don't want any gimmies. I want zero gimmies. I will put something out from a half inch off the cup. Like let's just if we all go in with that mindset, we all know we're putting everything out. Mm-hmm. There's never any questions. There's no arguments afterwards about like, oh, and your feelings are hurt that you gave him a gimme, and then all of a sudden you didn't give it to me. Like, I don't, I just, if you're betting money, you're betting anything, just put everything out. It's part of the game, though, you know? Like, you no, know, it's not. I think there should be 10 foot gimmies, to be honest. For uh, me, yeah, at least. I mean, put the pin down, anything within there, let's go. Or we play. Okay, <laughs> if you really want to get better at golf, you're not getting better at golf doing Yeah, that. but I'm just saying, like, you know, I take a lot of pride in being able to talk my way into a gimme that I probably shouldn't have got. <laughs> like, I feel like that is an also a golf skill. Like, how is that not a golf True. skill? That's fine. Just don't keep scoring. We're not going to gamble against each other. Okay, oh, I'm sorry. On. I'm saying I don't want gimmies ever. That's what I'm saying. I don't like getting gimmies because I'm, I'm like, I'm going to miss this three-foot putt seven out of ten times. Let me try to make it. Let me try to work on it. Yeah, me too. That's why I take a lot of pride in being able to talk my way out of putting it and moving on to the next round or next hole. All right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I guess I'm not that guy. I, I take no pride in trying to talk my way out of the putt. Well, see, that's a very big difference here. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I, October 20th, 2010, really my biggest failure. Couldn't talk my way out of those shackles and handcuffs, bub. You know? I was a little bit out of it. It was cold, too. I mean, I can make all the excuses, but I'm not making excuses here. I didn't have my A game with my mouth, and that's a problem. But I'm going to get good at golf this offseason. Well, this, if we're allowed. Are we allowed to golf? Yes. I think. I yeah. Okay, so I'm going to get good at golf, I, I think. I, I've decided I think I'm going to get good at golf because it's only going to help my baseball game, which I'm already in double A, and it's only my second game ever. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I, I think I'm going to get good at golf. Are you a good golfer? No, I'm a very inconsistent golfer. That's that's kind of the difference of being good. And- good, yeah. Good, good guys can go out there in their bad day. They shoot like an 80, 82. Mike, I can shoot. If I play really well, I can shoot 83, but I can also shoot 105. Yeah. It just depends if I'm driving it out of bounds all day or not. I don't know if I'm going to touch 105 at this stage of life, but th- you're 100% right with that variation. I could be, I can light it up for like four or five holes too. Like I can look like the guy for four or five holes. And normally they're the last four or five holes, mm-hmm. right? Because mm-hmm. probably a little bit of uh, loosen up. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Start to feel a little bit, learn so about my coming back. Throw a few back. Learn about my swing a little bit because mm-hmm. I haven't golfed for like a year and a half. So yeah. for the first, I don't know, 13 holes, I'm trying to figure out how to do it. But then when I get good at golf, I'm like, oh, I love this sport. Could probably be great at it, but I've never in my life been great at it, ever. Hey, what's this skins game happening, and what network? How do you watch it? What's going on? Great, great question. Good transition. Hoping we got here because I think Dustin Johnson, Rory McIlroy, Ricky Fowler, and this Wolf fella have done an absolutely ter- – and look, Wolf's an attractive son of a bitch. I mean, look, this is – DJ Light. celebration there, too. They, yeah, he's got good personality. They have not marketed this at all. It's happening this Sunday. Two to six, these guys, the two on the right that you know, the two on the left that you don't, are taking on each other. Ricky Fowler, by the way, legend of a man. Love what he's done with golf. He's a cool guy. Cool guy. But on the right there, Dustin Johnson and Rory McIlroy, they are dominant golfers taking on two Oklahoma State products, Matthew Wolf and uh, Ricky Fowler. This is Sunday. Skins match. NBC age. Oh, okay. Why is there no promotion for this? Oh, somebody Tiger tweeted me and Phil. said that NBC Golf has been promoting the hell out of it. Oh, like, well, shit. I'll tell you what. Oh, NBC oh. Sports probably has their, that channel. Oh, the Golf oh, Fix? Okay. Is- Seems like a lot of people would know about it. What's that? <laughs> said, unless you're watching Golf Fix, how are you going to know? 
I love Golf Fix. Is that on? He's I, good I used guy. to be on the Golf Channel. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Golf Channel is owned by NBC. The event is being aired on NBC, NBCSN, and the Golf Channel. So I assume they're all promoting. I've had zero knowledge of this until this morning. No idea. I'm pumped for this. I'm actually kind of pumped for this because this. I is think a- it might be really good because we don't have the big buildup yeah. and hype like we did going into Tiger Phil back. What last year? And if anybody's smart over there at Turner, they'll not only watch the last match that Tiger and Phil had, they'll watch this and be like, "Okay, what? This is a preview for that match. This is awesome. This is like an undercard for that yeah. match." And I can't wait for. Like, I'm pumped for this, and I had no clue it existed until like 9:30 a.m. today. And it makes no sense to me, but I'm pumped up for it. Can't wait to watch it on Sunday. And I'm potentially putting every dollar I have on the two on the right there, old Dustin Johnson and. Rory strictly because I didn't even know the one guy on the other team existed. So, I mean, that's just something I have to do. I believe they're minus 195. Who is? On the right? DJ and Rory. Rory well, that's because yeah. the book Wait, knows if, it. If it's a skins game, how does it work, the two-on-two? Two? Is it alternate shot? Uh, no, they're playing uh, uh, score added up, best ball. Oh. Score added up, best Sorry, ball? that's not best ball. Yeah. They're <sighs> adding both players' scores and whoever has a lower score. Oh, so it's total. Yeah. Mm. Total, total. I hope they press after the front nine, too. I hope somebody decides to press. I hope they're, because it's for charity, I hope they start throwing around maybe a couple hundred thousand from the charity, from their charity yes. pot. Maybe you want to bet it a little bit. I so, You know what I mean? That's I'm here for that. I am here for that. I mean, it's gonna, if NBC's doing it, I mean, it's going to be in, like, the production, I'm sure, will be very good. I just wonder who they're going to get, like, who's going to, well, I, who, hopefully they have a guy walking with them, obviously, 10, 15 yards behind them. I don't know. You know what? I've seen nothing of this. NBC, I'll do it. Yep. I guess. There we go. Hey, let's go. How about Is it in uh, Florida somewhere? Probably. Uh, I mean, do I have to? Tariko might be it because he's the uh, NBC to. golf guy for big events. I'll do it. Thank you, Pat. No problem. Dude. Can't wait. Thank hey, you. I'm looking forward to it. Good luck this weekend. Hey, thanks, man. It's going to so, be a blast. So I'm going to be right between the, the boys out there. What are you going to wear? Well, I'm going to respect the game, obviously. Yeah, of course. Yeah, of course. Respect the game. Have to. What about the Tom Brady event that, and Peyton? What's the date of that? May what? Next Sunday. May 24th, really? I believe. Yeah, so this is an undercard literally yeah. for that. Yeah. I mean, it is. Thank, shout out golf. Hey, Hopefully this one goes really Golf has long been considered a sport that only looks after themselves and only cares about yeah. themselves. Mm-hmm. Look at them coming back into the world for the rest of us. Yeah. I, I hope the, it goes well. I hope this is something that – they figured out like the formula on what works with the right personalities, the right like how they film it, how they show it, like produce it, and maybe this happens more and more as time goes on. The tour tour is back the week after June 11th, that too, June or the, for June, yeah, beginning of June. June. 7th. Yeah, the Memorial Tournament is usually in Dublin, where I live. Uh, like the first weekend in June, that's pushed back to middle of July. It's like the third or fourth tournament that has come back, I guess, once June eleventh hits or whatever. You live in Dublin town. Yeah. Wow. Ohio. Shouldn't, shouldn't have got that. Do they high. have a PGA tournament there every year? Yeah, Jack's course. Jack Nicholas's course is right here. That's probably awesome. Every time the Open comes to around where we're from, so Oakmont is near my hometown. Every time the Open comes, it's a spectacle. I mean, it is. It's incredible. And the amount of money. It's awesome. Golf tournaments are amazing. People rent out their houses and corporations oh, take them over and host week-long parties with open bar. Like, it's 
it's a huge celebration party. The amount of money that is made by the people that live around those golf courses is insane. There's this one guy that just had a field and he just charged for parking every day and he made enough money for like two years off of just the one event. Shout out Frank Furco. Shout out Frank Furco. <laughs> hey, people rent their houses out to golfers as well. And so if Tiger's coming to the Memorial, I'll move my family out for the week if he wants to pay a good price and rent our house right here. Look at you, AJ. Hey. 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 All right. Wow. It's very nice to you, AJ. Probably Tiger, Tiger may golf. be the only one that could get us to move. And we have to see if the numbers are right, but it's open. It will be available if he needs it. Look at you. Hey, I've seen that villa you live in, too. You, <laughs> you walk around that thing on your FaceTime, and it's just like, smoking is the ceiling 70 feet high in that fucking <laughs> mall of his? I mean, look at all he the has bookcases. a mall. How many bookcases you got? He's got there? gold ceilings, too. He saw Master P with those. What? Malls are really wow. taking a hit, huh? What's that? Malls were already... In the dumps. I yeah. can't imagine how they're going to come back from this. Well, that's they're why you bought one. Open in Indiana this Are weekend. They? Oh, yeah, yeah this weekend. Yeah. 50% capacity or something per store. Uh, only 25 people are allowed to gather at one time. I mean, you're allowed to eat outside at restaurants, but you're allowed to go uh, give somebody a, a, a Charles Oakley elbow to get avocados at the grocery store. Everything's really interesting how it's kind of mixed messaging. But this weekend, it feels like Indiana's... Wait, what do you mean about the Charles Oakley elbow for avocados? Well, grocery stores, it's... It's a war. They've been open the whole time. Exactly. That's what I'm saying, though. It's a fucking free-for-all in there. I don't understand why that's like... That has not been addressed this entire time. At so, all. Hey, you gotta eat. gotta eat. People need food. People gotta eat. So if they want to go down there and just, you know, sneeze on each other's food right next to each other, no big deal. They are you going to go to eat this... Are you going to go eat outside the restaurant this weekend? I like to support a small business somewhere, yeah. I'll do that. You know, it's supposed to rain all weekend. Yeah, though. it is. Yeah, Bad weather. Thunderstorm all weekend. all days. Thunder. Mm -hmm. Lightning and, and the, the thunder, 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 thunder. Feel the thunder. Lightning and the thunder, thunder. What's the name of that song, AJ? That's Imagine Dragons. Hey! Oh, That's the band. What's the name? Name? It's called Thunder. Wow! wow. He's on fire! We got some hits, man. Imagine hey, Dragons I'm a, got some hits. I'm an Imagine Dragons guy. Yeah. I'll get down with the Imagine Dragons. Also, One Republic, my new band because Ooh. of Songland. Really? Sing it. Is it a new one? Ryan Tedder. What's his name? Ryan Tat. Oh, oh nobody knows. Show. <laughs> show, yeah. Nobody watches the show Songland. Mm -hmm. It's a fucking good show. This is, this is going to be my third time going on this rant within the last month. Nobody watches the show Songland, and it is. And Where it, is it? First off. What is it? NBC. Where is NBC. It? See, you, that's what I'm saying. The He's amount even... of disrespect for this show is next level. It's like this golf tournament almost. I, I can't believe people don't know about it. It's on primetime television on NBC on Monday nights. And it's about how it's like a songwriting session, basically, from like these master three writers, uh, Esther, Ryan, and then this other guy. What's the other guy? Uh, Wait, is this a scripted show or is this like a reality show? A reality on. show. And then songwriters come in with their songs that they wrote themselves and created themselves and pitched the songs to artists. It's just awesome watching them kind of piece together a song. It's really, really nice. But nobody watches the damn thing. And the guy that's a, what's his name? Ryan? Shane. Shane. No, far Ryan right. Tedder. Ryan Tedder. Ryan Tedder. That dude. And the Shane guy makes bangers. And Esther's this incredibly electric personality. Oh, What's it, that? Esther Dean. Yeah, she's electric. Oh, she does all the... These are all songwriters? Yeah, and the one... Republic, do they write instrument, instrumental and the lyrics, or what? Do they do it all? Whole thing, yeah. It's a whole full song production. I'm really into music. So, like, getting the behind-the-scenes look at it, I felt like a little... Like, I was like, I didn't know a lot of it. Now, granted, lots of vitamins are inhaled while it's happening. It's very interesting. 
But that show gets no love. But One Republic, the guy with the good ass hair there in that photo on the far right, he's the lead singer for them. And I'm just like, yeah, well, I want that guy to succeed. So I'll listen. I'll stream some of their shit here, even if it's on quiet. You will be happy to hear. I went, I saw the father in law this week, and he goes, tell you what, been watching this show a lot. You need to watch it. And I was, what, what, what is it? Songland. Father in law and I have the same uh, yes. opinions. That feels good. I'm a mature man, obviously. Look at that. Hmm? I might have to DVR it. I, I guess it's on demand. I mean, I'm not, I'm not. Surfing around like the whatever NBC, CBS, Fox at 8 p.m. on Monday night. I don't watch a whole lot of like whatever. What do you, what's that called? Traditional schedule programming? Uh, network. Television? Network TV. Network TV. Yeah. I mean, I'm watching my Apple TV and stuff more than that, obviously. Well, you have good taste. Well, excuse me. You can get that on your fucking Apple TV. Thing. No, I can get it. I'm saying I will go and watch. I, I watch stuff on YouTube or Netflix or whatever before. I go to network TV right now, especially when I know there's no live sports that's going to be on network TV. You're going to watch 911? What about uh, Chicago Fire? Oh, oh, oh I watch over there, except for mm. Songland. <laughs> Songland oh, sounds good, bull. though. I, honestly, bull? I, I want to yeah. see it. Bull got ruined. Bull? Nah, used to be in my show. <laughs> Law and order. It's about trial science. It was allegedly what Dr. Phil did before he was Dr. Phil because as Bull, the character that's portrayed, he helped out Oprah in a trial, blah, 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 because he does jury setting and all this. It was kind of an interesting, it was a very interesting show. And then the guy got into some stuff and... Squeezing butts on set. Yeah, the entire, the entire, <laughs> allegedly, the entire thing is like, this guy's a, a super genius and then he does something stupid. It's like, well, I can't watch anymore. Can't buy it. I don't think... But I've, I upped my respect for Dr. Phil because of Bull, if said thing was actually what Dr. Phil was doing, because it was next level thinking, pal. Very good, Dr. He, Phil. Network. Dr. Phil's legit. I, I listened to him tell his story, how he met Oprah and worked for her when she was fighting some kind of lawsuit or some case, wherever. And Phil, like, he was, she got what she paid for. Like, Dr. Phil was going deep into, like, how he was crafting the whole narrative and what he was going to do for her trial. You should watch Bull. Now, what network is that now? CBS, I believe. I believe it's CBS. Okay. Mm -hmm. I had to stop watching it, though, because when you watch it, it's like, oh, that's the smartest human to ever exist. And he's so crafty, you know? Wait, he's is so this scripted or is this reality? It's scripted. scripted. Well, okay. it's a show show. Based but off. could be Dr. Phil's actual life. Who's Bull? Who's the main guy? Some stitch. That guy. He's like Jason Weatherly or something. Oh, you're Michael, saying allegedly in real life. Yeah, in real happened. life. He, there geez. we go. It's an artist from art situation. <laughs> allegedly. <laughs> allegedly something happened in real life. And it kind of kills the character because it's like the character is like the super genius. And it's like, you what? can't separate the character from the man? Art from the artist. I can't do it. Yeah, I can't do it. I get it. I'm with you. I want to like the human that's, that I'm helping succeed at the moment by watching or listening. Do you ever hate watch anything? Oh. No, but there's people in this office that oh, do. And I didn't yeah. even know this was a real thing. Like what? What do you guys hate watch? Well, we're not going to well, say you it can't. on That's air, just AJ. not something you can. What's it I, rhyme with? That can't play that game either. Go ahead, Diggs. Come on. Nah. Oh my God! Diggs made a big oh, unfollowing. Come on, Tony. Come on, what is it, Tony? Diggs? Listen, you guys out me out every single one of you. You can tell. I unfollowed fucking Gary Vee. Don't need him in my life. Oh, oh that's not a big deal. <laughs> <laughs> what? AJ. AJ, I wake up motivated. I don't need his bullshit motivation too. I mean, what are you gonna? You join his wine club and, and listen to him rant to the uh, mic. See, see, he follows. Did you unfollow him? I never followed him, but I know his stuff. Yeah. <laughs> but it's like anything else. Wouldn't Jeez. that's the hard thing about the internet, especially sometimes if you like are all in on somebody, they put so much stuff out 
eventually you start to dislike them. And yes. you're like, all right, man, I've heard it again. I've heard it. You're repeating yourself again. Like, well, you can't continue to hear the same thing over and over and over again. Well, I think you hit the nail right on the head there. It's like Pawn Stars. You binge it, and then you're out. Yeah. You know, it's, it's one I mean, of those- Tiger King's the prime example. Went yeah. from, like, we all are talking about it. And even in the midst of, like, the first day we're talking, I'm like, man, this is going to be so – like, this is so – played out within four days well, i want to let you know i have not unfollowed gary v and we still <laughs> i i am still motivated by gary v oh, yeah. but wow Dick one meme at a time yep gary v knows everything yeah we've been to his what office he's an agent why don't you why don't you let him sign you why don't you oh, sign Vayner. him on as your agent Vayner sports yeah talk about Vayner sports mm-hmm. he was on the sideline national championship took a photo together he threw up the five Books Evan ran up to him, got his autograph. It was kind of embarrassing. Yeah, no, nah, I didn't do that. But but he would have if he could have. But he was being a professional because yeah. he was sidelined past national credential at national championship as a 25 year old kid from Michigan State that should not have been there. Yeah, that's right. I just gave him, hey, Gary, big fan, man. He goes, yeah, I bro. fucking know. Ty, Ty, easy. Ty, are you saying you don't follow Gary V? Nah, I can't stand him. <laughs> Ty I'm so shocked. Negative. I am shocked to hear that Ty is not Ty is so negative. I like Gary, Gary v. v. I You know what though? Gary V doesn't care. Yeah, Ty exactly. Exactly. Doesn't doesn't care. Care. Good Which point. is fine. That's a good point. I believe he truly doesn't care. About what? About Ty or me? Like if if people unfollow him or he has haters, like Gary doesn't just water off a duck's back. Yeah, bro. He doesn't care. I am so much fucking smarter than you anyway, it doesn't fucking matter. <laughs> Does he actually say that? Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, he doesn't. <laughs> Pretty yeah, much. He, he does. I'm telling you, the office, I'll go into a line. meeting or something. Like in my <laughs> office, I'll go into a conference call. I'll do something. I'll walk out. And the, the tide would have turned on somebody that I didn't even know was possible. <laughs> in a conversation, I'll be like, what happened? And, like, just, and then it just it just becomes a rattle fest. And then by the end of it, you're like, all right, I can see why you guys did that. Like, I'm going to go to the bathroom. I don't know if we can do this again. But, I mean, the tide turns. When the conversation gets going out here. I mean, boy, it should be recorded, actually. That's well, probably what we'll see. You see doing. him make a video, and he says that thing to, like, some sweet 83-year-old 83 83-year-old 83 lady at her lawn sale when he turned around a teapot that he bought for $6 and then sold it for six eighty-five. We're supposed to fucking bow down. You know how much fucking six, money six, I've made off baseball cards in the last six months? Jesus, It'd make you fucking sick, dude. <laughs> I mean, come on. This is you what really, happened. Ty really gets Gary's essence in his in this character. Like, you really do. This is what happened within the last 48 hours. This has happened. <laughs> I love, I'm I, a fan. I was I'm on, a fan of this. I was on... There's I was, more, age. I was on a couple hours worth of calls, a lot of things going on, and then all of a sudden I come back out, full turn of the table. I'm like... Is there is there anyone else Gary that's Vigan? been unfollowed oh, from yeah. the boys? Oh, yeah. What's that? Recently, as of late. Anyone been unfollowed? Anyone else... That you want to get out recent, there? Almost Guy, fo- Guy Fieri. I, He's Guy's never been bigger. He just raised 20 mil. Yeah, now, uh, that's why we're team Guy yeah, Fieri. Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nick we'll is see. out on we'll Guy see. Fieri. Nick has tried, by I'm the way. In. I'm in on Guy I watched six episodes I'm in of on Grocery Guy Fieri last too. night. I got to the best. to Guy Fieri. Triple D, dog. No, you didn't talk. He big time the hell out of you. No, I got to Zoom call him. I was on a Zoom call with him. He basically spit in your face. No, no, no. I was on a Zoom call. Nick, that, was a lot, that was Toxic invited culture. into the circle. We were not, which is understandable. We're at Guy Wait, Fieri's. what kind of Zoom call? <laughs> it was on the uh, NFL Draft-a-thon, bro. It was me, uh, Rich Eisen, Chanel West Coast, Saweetie, Derwin James, Guy Fieri. <laughs> Matt Leinert. 
Ooh. Wait, okay, who put that group together? Well, I got in there because Rich Eisen texted me and asked me, but the first night, whenever they were doing that NFL draft-a-thon thing. No, I don't. You mean during the draft, the NFL draft? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We didn't see them because they were so far below us. <laughs> hey, <laughs> it's Friday. Are you saying like the second? Did you go on on Saturday or Sunday or Friday, Saturday? Or yeah, what? yeah. They brought they brought in the lefty there late night Friday night. I went in the eleven o'clock. They needed out. a ratings boost. But with like nine people on a Zoom, did you say what four words the whole time? How's I it laughed. Work? I got a couple chuckles in. You know what I mean? Like. <laughs> <laughs> You know, it kind of pops up because you can. Did did uh, Chanel West Coast have a lot of good hot takes on the draft? She did a rap or something for the uh, coronavirus. She Ooh. it was all about people promoting things that they were doing to raise money and stuff like that. It was a good thing. It was a oh, it was a charity thing. thing. I didn't know it was a charity deal. Jesus, <laughs> I raised like a billion dollars or something. Like that. I mean, my bad. My bad. I should have seen this. But the first night they had you played like, football. You played Madden against Katie Nolan, and you're supposed to play Titty Boy, and you did. You didn't whoa. even tell me, and you got blasted by Katie Nolan. I wasn't allowed to tell anybody I didn't play against two chains, okay? Because they didn't want to. I wasn't allowed to talk about it. And then when Katie Nolan was subbed in, what was that? Thirty minutes before the game or something? Mm -hmm. like that? Maybe ten. Not even. It was after the game. Maybe have started. Yeah. She didn't even know. By the way, she was out walking her dog. They come in. The game happens. I didn't even really know about. And then she's a, she is a hustler. She is a gamer. Yeah. She knows. She beat the hell out of me on that thing. I'm not a good video game player. Who ended up winning that thing? Who cares? Uh, probably Guy Fieri. Probably it's flashing his rings and his metal signs in the camera. Yeah, bro. See, this is what happens. This office is Nick. not a good place. AJ, you hear this? It's like you're you're speaking of Guy Fieri. Fieri, sorry. Yeah. How Jesus, people speak of uh, Nickelback. Like it's cool to hate on Nickelback. <laughs> That's exactly how Nick I I think like feels about it. I, I don't like I don't that. Really it's like dumb. That, it's that it's that old now. Either. I feel like now people are coming back around to Nickelback. They almost felt bad for quarterback. I mean, they put out good music. I never felt bad for them. They put out good music. People hate them. They, people throw rocks at things that shine. Oh, there it is. It's true. Mm. Taylor Swift. Mm -hmm. Very wise. Guy Fieri, though, and I have talked a couple of times. Uh, the second time he was asked if he had ever met me before, he said no. But, uh, the first time. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, so he remember spitting in your face. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right. I mean, we're at the Kentucky Derby. We're at his party. You know, having a good time. I was asked, hey, do you want to go meet Guy Fieri? I was like, sure, Triple D, love it. I go over there, interesting uh, interaction happens, and then I walk back to the boys and we leave. And, uh, you know, I thought we were friends. He has a video of me on his phone, I know that. Yeah, well, there it is. That's that what happens when you deal with a BFS. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I'm still a fan, though, after that. Yeah, we all are. Oh, interaction. We're, uh, me and Diggs, big fans. Nick, obviously, very negative towards Guy Fieri for no reason. Flip time. For a Wait, when did reason. you hear that he said he hadn't ne he's never met you before? What's that? In the Zoom call. On the Zoom. Yeah. On the Zoom oh, call. Oh. On the draft -a -thon. We talked to each other. We talked to each other. There. You're like, come on, Guy. You, you had 78 people introduced to you that night within a, a 10 minute span. I was one of them. You don't it remember? It wasn't that many people. <laughs> no, no. Yeah, was, we, we saw it. We were there basically the whole night. We, we were invited by the same people that paid him, paid yeah. us to go there. He was roped off in his private section. He was not dealing with the uh, pigeons and the plebeians out there. He was off on his own. It was a phone case party. Easy. He was in his own section. It was obviously, he had his restaurant down there. He made a good business move by hosting this party. We just so got happened to invite him to the same party for business reasons and we had a good time we were partying 
but we had a lot of space and it was just it was one of those things where i was at if i want to go meet him i get past the security guy good people good team good conversation he just never remembered. i assume he was mad because we were in there and he couldn't bring more whores in though whoa, whoa, <laughs> whoa. we're telling whoa. we are towing that is line. slander that is not Family true guys he did not do he was actually all dudes back there. yeah i mean come on it was all dudes back there. <laughs> anyways what about would gary v like have you met gary v many times many times mm-hmm. oh yeah where do you meet gary v where do you run into him new york He's been he in came his office. on our he was one of our first guests on our podcast oh good for you well, he's very nice. He was very nice. He said, hey, I want to come on your show. Came on the show. Then he told me he comes on shows, you know, trying to educate folks, introduce himself to their fan base. and go. He did. He taught us the whole game, basically. I loved Gary Vee. It's just a slow. You, you said it perfectly. It's just, you know, people wear thin on you. He like taught shoes. us. Uh, by the way, I've learned a lot from Gary Vee, watching Gary Vee and stuff like that. Guy's a hustler, man. Like Guy's marketing a- type stuff? Oh, yeah. What's that? I mean, like, like marketing and how to yeah, what, like right build mode. a brand or whatever. I forgot about right hook mode. Oh, right hook mode, by the way. Jam, yeah. jam. Oh, you also got the, uh, the Gary V ones. Oh, I got yeah. the GV mm-hmm. ones. Yeah. Wait, uh, what is the right hook thing? It's a mentality. Well, it's a mentality, <laughs> oh, dude. Yeah. Oh, you wake please, up in right no. hook mode. What is it, please? Well, what's when you're jabbing? You know, you're jabbing, you're jabbing, jabbing, and then something big comes. It's time to oh, wait. That's a left hook. You got a right hook. You got to land a right hook. It was when we were dropping the baseball documentary. He oh, told yeah. me. I was like, I don't like charging people for content. You know, I, was, I went in there, wanted a Gary V, uh, you know, full conversation. Gave me good. Thing. He says, right hook, right hook, man, dude. Saw his office. Big old office. Nice office. Beautiful view. Good view. Good guy to us. Wait, does the right hook mean charge people for the documentary? <laughs> <laughs> I do believe. Yeah. I do believe. But it was, I'm not sure exactly what this right hook means. You're like not, when a big opportunity comes, you gotta pout, you gotta knock it out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. there it is. There it is. But what, how does Hawk. the right hook? Look at you, you relate, know. How does this relate to you charging three ninety nine for a documentary or putting it out for free? Well, What's the right hook? Three thirty three. Oh, his book name is Jab 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 Right Hook. There it is. Oh, when did that book come out? So he was pushing his book uh, when he was I think four years ago, maybe. <laughs> I've read one of his books. Was it Jab 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 Right Hook? Does he have multiple? What if that book came out after he talked? Okay, here. I'm sure he does. Jabs are the value you provide your customers with, the content you put out, the good things you do to convey your appreciation. And the right hook is the ask. It's when you go in for the sale, ask for a subscribe, ask for a donation. You see? Okay, that makes sense. Free content, free content, free content. Pay! (laughs) Knock it out! That's why I'm appreciative of Gary V. But the boys, I have a call. Tide turns. Guy Fietti had no chance in there. I mean, it's just... Sometimes when you work with people, you know, you kind of listen to what they say. You start opening your eyes in a different light, and then all of a sudden, an entire room just turns on a guy. And that uh, yeah. that, that can happen in here. It'd be like that sometimes. It'd be like <laughs> that. It do be like that sometimes. AJ, I don't know if you've realized yet, but Pat, good guy. The rest of us, kind of, kind of a bunch of pieces of shit. Yeah. <laughs> I, I view everybody as a WWE character. Oh, yeah. Okay, I think life is a movie. So people's characters... Like, yeah, terrible person, bad person, whatever, but that character, okay, that guy's a killer. I, I would like to watch, I, I would like to learn a little bit more about this guy. If somebody's funny, like, I enjoy that character in the movie. Like, I don't ever, I just but think people's But you just told me, you told me earlier in the show you can't watch Bull anymore because of the alleged actions of the lead actor. Yeah, bad character. <laughs> <laughs> but his character in the show, you like. Yeah, yeah, but but I'm just watching the, the, the actor might as well be the person in my eyes. 
Jeremy Piven is Ari Gold. He's in my phone as Ari Gold. That's who he is. And that might not oh, be the humble oh, oh, <laughs> <laughs> Whatever you guys do when you drop a name. <laughs> oh, no big deal. Jeremy Piven, you ever heard of uh, whatever the movie? I don't know, Will Ferrell movie? Old school. I forget. Cheese. He's great. Cheese. Cheese. He's, He's great. Put you in a dumpster? See, I've never seen that. Rush Hour Two, Old yeah, School. Break the tank. No, I didn't. I don't know. I don't. Oh, you never seen Old School? I've seen Old School. I didn't know Ari Gold was in it. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. He's, He's the dean. He's the bad guy. Cheese. Yeah. yeah. See. Put him in a dumpster. I see blue. He looks glorious. He's just Ari Gold to me. That's all he is to me. That's it. And by the way, as the bad guy, I see him as Ari Gold, and he was in that other movie with the ace, something with an ace. Smoking aces. Yeah. Smoking aces. Oh, so because Bunny he is real, because he kind of plays. This character as Ari Gold, if he if that character is what he's like in real life, you can excuse it. No, no, that's okay. just how I view them. Like I don't. I don't know. Oh, you got he me confused. It's like Bob Saget. Bob Saget is whatever Tanner, Danny Tanner to yep. me. But then when he does his stand-up comedy, yeah. it's a very different world. He's been a, he's been a super vulgar comic for thirty years. I like that. The whole story of him getting picked for uh, Full House or whatever too. The person was knew him and was writing the show and said, like, how about if you were a single dad? And he was like, that's not for me. Like, get the fuck out of here. And then he was like, yeah, just try it. And then now he's what, a couple hundred million dollars. Yeah, probably. still getting paid from it. Step by, that's not the story. There's a place. There's a place. Dave Coulier, big fan of the yes. show. Yes. Oh, yeah. Big fan. <laughs> That's what I think. Wasn't it you that played in the – one of you guys had a – Dave Coulier came as the, the celebrity for a hockey game, but he didn't show? Yeah, it was Tony. me. He's fucking pissed. Tony. I'm happy. He was making money, by the way, off that full house style. How old were Played goalie for a fake hockey team. Me? Yeah. 12? 17, I thought. <laughs> hey, why are people so pissed – uh, about all these new uniforms in the NFL. Everybody hates the Rams' new uniform. I don't fully understand. I, I, now, listen, does it look like a little bit of a Best Buy thing? Yeah. And are the numbers rounded so they can fit the logo in there and kind of look a little soft? Yeah. Is the off-white not desirable? They probably could have done better, of course. But I don't think they're that terrible. I think they look okay. I think the logo looks a lot better on that helmet than it did on the Internet. I'll, I'll say that. And I, I just don't know what people expect. Like the Chargers one? I like those as well. I liked Atlanta Falcons because they were the mean machine. I like the all black, but people hated them for that. I like the Patriots. I like the bronze yeah. going back to you. I like whenever they do it, but some people very much hate these things. Yeah, some people get so upset. Like, I don't really have an opinion either way. I'm like, all right, yeah, it looks weird. But then after you watch them, like, say the season happens and you watch them for three or four games, it just seems it's like normal to you. Because guys wear teams wear throwbacks and they wear color rush like they wear so many different combinations throughout the year anyway. Who knows like what's the official New Jersey? That's what the Patriots are doing. Just color, a lot of the teams are just doing their color rush. Yeah. Like hey, Thursday nights we look our best. Everybody loves it. Let's just make those our thing. Like hey, sorry, sorry about your luck, NFL. We're just going to do this every single week. If anybody else wants to, the Patriots did it look good. Uh, the Buccaneers, I believe they got new uniforms as well. Yeah, right? yeah. And those things just look good because they got the uh, Tom Brady and Rob Gronkowski wearing them. How's that feel about Connor? Yeah. Man, they're, I bet they have sold so many Gronk and Brady jerseys. <laughs> so many. The Tampa Bay Gronkineers, are you kidding me? Those fans? It oh. sucks! Tom was number one, and then Tua passed them, I believe, this week. I saw that. Are there that many Tua fans out there? Who's Alabama? Probably a bunch of Alabama fans. Mm -hmm. 
maybe all know. of Hawaii. And dolphins in- have the Dolphins fans have a lot of hope, so they're going to jump on board, I guess, early. When was the last time a Dolphins fan bought a jersey? Right. Joey Harrington, Marino. Pennington, Chad Pennington. Joey. There it is. Joey Harrington, Ronnie Brown, Ronnie Brown, Ronnie Brown. Yeah, Ricky, Ricky Williams, Wes Welker was in Miami. Reggie well, Bush, well, Jason Taylor jerseys running around out there. Oh, yeah. Jason yeah, Taylor, right. oh Cameron Zach Wake. Thomas. There's a ton Zach of Zach Thomas. Thomas. Zach Thomas. Mm-hmm. Dante Culpepper, mm-hmm. of course. Oh, Dante. Junior Say, I was there for a minute. Mm-hmm. Larry Sonka, a lot of those. Yeah. Ray Finkel, <laughs> Ray Finkel. Nick I watched Ace Ventura last night. It showed my my kids. Does it hold up? I was laughing be just at the absurdity that Jim Carrey is. Like, every single movement, everything he does in that whole thing, I'm sure it's people think it's corny and it's weird, but I remember watching it when I was, like, eight years old. And I was watching it, like, and my kids didn't think parts were funny, and they would hear me laughing, and then they would start to laugh, and I would just laugh at, like, stuff that's not even funny, but just Ace's dumb movements and everything. How about him with that box in the opening scene? I mean, he he is a cartoon. That is why he yeah. is so he can make every movement with his face into whatever emoji you need. He also has what incredible flexibility. Let's start with a stretch. <laughs> yeah. He bangs his back off the thing. Jim Carrey is just a fictional character. I everything he does, I I used to laugh. I mean, Dumb and Dumber. Let's not even dive into it. And then now he's giving these incredibly deep graduation speeches yeah. that I have to give. In, I just don't know how that's going to oh. go. But now it's a whole different. But he, the Grinch is, that's my Grinch, by the way. And that's potentially, it hasn't surpassed the Santa Claus. But it is dancing with the Santa Claus on which one gets played first whenever it's uh, Christmas uh, season. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? I love Jim. I'm, I'm a big Jim Carrey guy. But Ace Patrol Pet Detective, great movie. Good plot. That's not stuff like <laughs> Trying to explain the ending to my seven-year-old son was a bit difficult. <laughs> Okay. Finkel's Einhorn. Einhorn is Einhorn's Finkel. What does that mean? Well, the kicker kind of took on this person in his Einhorn now. But it's, yeah, it was, it, they, they got it. They figured it out. <laughs> <laughs> Dan Marino has a nice little role in that, oh, too. Yeah. John, Don Shula. They got, all, like, the one dude, you know, the guy when they, when uh, Jim Carrey's taking a leak of the urinal and then the dude in the tank top. Looks at it, you know. Looks at they look at each other's meats, and then Jim leaves, and the guy prances after him. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know that scene with that guy. His name's Jeff Ulenick. He played at Ohio State and played in the league for a while, long time. Oh, I know okay. him well. He's awesome. And he does not like hearing about that scene because every time we see him, we bring it up. Well, I mean, have to. It's a legendary moment in a legendary movie. Dan Marino. I've said this before. There was like an option for a thirty thousand dollar payment or a percentage of the movie or something like that, oh, and he took the payment. Oh no! Yeah, because he was like, "This movie ain't gonna." That, but I, I even but you're Dan Marino at the time, like you know, the 30k is not going to change your life, but yeah. the back end on what this movie could do, Dan, Dan Marino. You don't know how Dan was. Living. Dan Marino had a good time with that 33. Yeah, good point. More of that you're gum. Tr- <laughs> Stay out of my personal business. Trying to hit the slopes for some fresh powder. Oh come, come on, Ace! What? I thought you had a challenge for <laughs> that guy down in the basement. <laughs> that movie's legendary. All right. Well, I got. Hey, how the Blue Angels go? You got you got a good awesome. clip out of it. Oh, so good. So cool, dude. So cool. We missed them though at the first round. Mm. We didn't. Leave they must, the they're going around the country because they they were in Columbus yesterday and they, I could hear them. I couldn't even really see them because they were down flying over all the hospitals, which is like twenty miles from me. Going. So By the fast. way, Ty's all pissed off. They flew over all the hospitals in Indiana real quick, and Ty's like, "Well, they didn't fly down Broadway." No, yeah. I guarantee you one thing: the nurses weren't fucking going outside watching the Blue Angels come across. Right? Oh, this guy! They're flying out there for me. 
All the boys in the warehouse in the Sunoco across the street are coming out and, and waving at him, huh? Yeah, well, hey, the streets were packed for the Blue Angels. The streets were really, really? alive for the yeah. Blue Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. The big Some, show. Somebody was using Tim as a jungle gym. There was people everywhere. There's Billy, Billy Tubes almost got hit by a car because the lady saw everybody staring at the sky. She thought maybe like possible alien, I think. And then she pulls over, almost hits Billy Tubes, and she goes, what's going on? And, and my dad goes, the Blue Angels. And she goes, the Blue Angels? <laughs> she parks her car. She goes and grabs a camera she has ready to go. I mean, Indianapolis, the streets were packed for this thing. I mean, and they go over to Columbus the next couple of days for your kid's birthday. That has to feel pretty good. They made a travel for your kid's birthday party. Now, unfortunately, I didn't have the poll to do that. But you guess what? You know, Billy took got a mental note of that lady's license plate. He is not going to forget that. <laughs> oh, God, He's going to the DMV really trying joke. to find that address right now. Oh. <laughs> right now. Dean Blandino said that the NFL replay system once crashed because uh, they were trying to plug in a microwave to heat up the tur or stuffing on Thanksgiving. There was a two-minute period during a Lions-Vikings Thanksgiving game where if something went to replay review, they would not have been able to do it because it was unplugged and a microwave was plugged in. Mm. And that is something that I think the world wasn't ready to hear but was excited to hear that that is potentially possible with how the NFL's replay review system goes. We never know what happens in there. We have no idea how some calls come back the way they do. Alberto Riveron last year, we thought he was potentially watching different games than the games he was getting challenges from. We had no idea how some... Now we're learning that it is potential that if you plug in a microwave to heat up some stuffing for a second round or a third or fourth round on Thanksgiving while watching football, you could potentially break the entire replay review. The Lions eventually won 16-13 with a Darius Slay interception to seal it at the end. But for two minutes during that game, if I'm the Vikings, I would challenge and contest that victory and say that there's no way we would have lost to the Lions if the motherfucking microwave wasn't plugged in because we knew we weren't allowed to challenge at the time. How insane is that, though, that that was possible at the time? And how did that not get checked uh, by the millions and millions of people, I'd assume, that were a part of setting that whole process up? Well, did the teams know that they were no. like, hey, we're down right now. The replay is down. You can't challenge anything. No, but that would be awesome if Goodell just pops in the voice of God here into like Chuck Pagano's ear or into uh, whoever was coaching the Lions at the time. Probably Schwartz. Popping oh, his Schwartz here. This is Goodell. I am in my man cave eating M&M's. <laughs> you cannot review because a toaster just took down the replay system. Have a good day. What? And then he goes and fights the other coach. Isn't that what Schwartz used to do? He used oh, to fight all the other yeah. Tried to fight Harbaugh. It was awesome. Yeah, Harbaugh. How many other times has it gone down, you think? I bet it's gone down more than we, we would think. But this is like when pe a lot of times people think everything's a conspiracy. Like, oh, there's all these people involved to try to oh. try to screw somebody over. It's a conspiracy. A lot of times, no, it's something like this. A microwave shut the system down, and it's just people, like, ignorance from one person or two people or someone messed something up. Like, a lot of times, people point to conspiracies for certain things when it's just human error. It's wild. Alberto There's a lot Riveron of money was, on the line. They Alberto, can't let that happen again. Alberto Riveron was one big human error last season, pal. He's still there, though, right? Yeah, he ruined the game, too. Oh, they wow. took the pass interference thing out. Just because he couldn't figure it out doesn't mean somebody else couldn't. I mean, let's let's make the game better here. Those are massive penalties, massive penalties, and we have the technology to make sure they're correct every time. 
Why are we not doing that? And to add on, if I challenge something and I get it right, I should get that challenge back anyways. I shouldn't have to get both right or whatever to get another one. You should have a challenge. You should have two challenges until you're wrong. And if you get it right and they get it corrected and they do the XFL, transparent, voice of God thing down to the referee, that's how it should be. The XFL literally showed the NFL how to do their review process. Here you go. No microwaves when you're in the stadium. Can't do it. Actually, some somebody at the stadium will actually bring it to you. That's crazy. And it's just a closed circuit with somebody who knows the rules with a better eye that can just wheel it down to Walt Anderson's fucking ear so he doesn't have to walt over to the damn review thing 70, 80 yards away. Just bang, bang, bang. The fans know why you called it. I don't know why that hasn't just been adopted immediately. Like maybe even after week one, Commissioner, I think after the XFL debuted that week one, they should have been like, uh, the NFL has decided we will be doing exactly what the XFL just did this past weekend with our review system going forward. It's like that was just the answer. Now you find out that microwaves can take it down. It's like, what the fuck are we doing, pal? Well, it's gonna ha- the rule's going to change, but it's going to be the NFL is waiting to make it look like it's their idea, and they didn't steal this from the XFL. Like they didn't want people saying, "Oh, you're doing the XFL type replay deal, right?" And like, no, this is the NFL replay. Ours is much different. And then they're going to describe it, and they're going to describe the exact same thing the XFL did. Yeah, but they they do the sky cam, right? That was created by the XFL. Oh, yeah. They do that. Yeah, that's about. That's what everybody always talks about, by the way. They're always like, the innovative game, they created the Skycam the first time around. It's like, Have you ever been in the stadium and watched the, the oh. networks set up the Skycam? That is the, the, the gigantic wires they have to put from the top of the stadium, all the corners. It's unbelievable, man. I've hit one in a game. Not happy the about Sky it. Skycam? That guy got fired. Yeah, the wire thing? <laughs> yeah, oh, you hit the wire or you hit the camera? Hit the wire. Oh. Nobody knew but me, right? The returner. And I'd assume the guy who controls the thing. Yeah. So they didn't blow it dead? No. But because it, it like hit it, it was spiraling, and then it just broke it up, right? But it still spiraled because it was going far enough. But it, I don't know, probably took off 15 yards, maybe 20 yards off the punter. Well, if they play it dead, that's money out of your pocket. Where's the spot it at? It was in college. Is that, if you call it it's dead, good. where's the spot? Like if you hit the uh, J World thing, re-kick. The, it's a re kick. It's a re kick. Uh, Wild. But yeah, I, those that's an incredible innovation. I think hockey should do it every single game. They do it during the stadium series, and it feels like I'm going down with the shift. You know what I mean? Hey boys, we were on the flying V or what? I'll be in the I'll be in the back. That's what it feels like, and you can see the puck and everything like that. But the hockey purists say it's not good for the game. It's like Stooges. They want the glowing puck back, right? The, the had the streak oh, behind oh, it, like the time. neon yellow streak or whatever. Best innovations to come to sports: first down marker line. Yep. Yep. Um, Sky cam's great. Ball strike box is pretty good. K-zone. Yeah. K-zone is good. And then that hockey puck, you know, whenever it had the flame yeah. flying around the boards. You, you liked Ooh. it? Tennis replay is pretty good, too. Yeah. Tennis replay is the next level. I don't know how. The machine, the robot, like, machine replay that, and, you, and they build up suspense, too, showing oh. the simulation. Oh. Oh, we got it. VAR in soccer, too, not bad. The golf tracker. Oh, oh, the yeah. golf tracker. No, a golf tracker might be the best yet because you have no idea when the camera's right behind him. The golf tracker's first, huge. First down marker. Yeah, that's good. But we're then how the, about like the weird, hey, we're going to make 10 yards a little different shade of green. You mean green. the green zone? The green zone was a bad idea. That, 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 that one got murdered. And they cut it down, too. They had the entire field. You remember they did the entire field? Mm-hmm. And then uh, the internet was like, uh, this ain't it, fucking chief. <laughs> so then they cut it down to just what they needed. They just changed it a little bit slighter, like it got a, a filter on that one area. 
And I can appreciate it. I, I don't I don't think it really. That first week, though, when they rolled that thing out, it was like, ah, mm, I don't think so, pal. I like the first down marker in the golf tracker. Now, if we're mm-hmm. after this conversation has, you know, commenced here, I think I am in it for the golf ball tracker being stern at number two. Yeah, it's up there. And I like the graphic they show when a, a team, like how much yardage they need to get to field goal range, depending on their kicker, who they have. Oh, yeah. That is you good. know, they'll like show the zone that they need to get line. to. Yep. Yeah, that thing's never accurate, though. Why not? Well, it normally goes to the furthest field goal that they've kicked, right? And it, they don't take like the, the, the wind or anything into consideration? Yeah, like I guess it's good to be like, hey, they still have 27 yards until it's in an area. Yeah. But if you, like there's some guys that, Justin Tucker, what what's his range if it's game winner? Probably 68, 70 yards and in. Like so, they're only going off of what his longest is what sixty. Are they going off that? Or are they going off what? Because they always say, you know, they throw it down to the sideline report. Like, oh, I, I saw Justin Tucker in warmups. He made a fifty-eight and a sixty-two yarder going this way, and the other way he made a fifty-seven yarder. Like that's interesting. They don't go off because, of that because if they're not building that graphic until after the game has started and they're reading the wind, I like it. I like it. It's in the area. I I respect it. You know what I miss? What? The hang time clock. Let's yeah. go. Mm-hmm. Get the hang That's time. gone? Yeah. I don't do it anymore. It's always like a guy in the booth does it, and then he'll tell the play-by-play person. And the play-by-play person is always like Mike Black, who's a legendary spotter for everybody on ESPN, basically. He'll go like 4-8 uh, or whatever, and the play-by-play person will be like, Mike Black, 4-8 on the hang time there. Did they have that during your career? No. I was sad because I didn't remember it. But the, the, Should have, though, the people the calling the game – have to like relate that somehow like i don't know if you say hey 4.6 hang i don't know if that's good do you think any casual fan knows no because sometimes a a play-by-play person you'll hear them say something that's terrible booming 39 yard punt here whatever i was like well that's a shank there uh but like um yeah you would have to maybe you have what averages pff average Right, that would yeah. probably be what pro football focus average would be right next to it or whatever. But then that changes on what style of punt. Yeah, so you have to have somebody that knows what the fuck they're talking about to really make it make sense. But, you know, everybody think I, I think everybody understands if it's near five, good. Near four, mm, below four, bad. I think everybody knows that. I don't think anybody knows that. Well, here we are just, uh, you know, learning people up. That's what we do. Mm-hmm. It's That's a, good. I didn't know what a good hang, hang time was. If it's around five or above great ball obviously depending on how far it goes but you got to factor in about a 2.05 second op time so your gunners have now what seven seconds to get down the field to the returner as opposed to if you hit a 4-1 it's six seconds and everything goes down and when you're talking about having to run 45 50 60 yards that's why hang time is so important and you can hit you see a lot of old school punters used to hit balls like 4-2 65 yards think about the math there what do they have they have like six seconds there to get 65 yards down the field while somebody's pushing them. There's no chance of that happening. So they have to, they're going to give up a big return and a chance to give it up. But if that ball is a 4 2 at 40 yards, okay, so now you have six seconds run 40 yards, that's probably going to be a fair catch. That's why the hang time should equate to how, how many yards it is. If you had a 4 0, it should probably be a 40 yarder. 4 5, 45 yarder. 5 0, 50 yarder. And if you go 5 3, 53, and things like that, that's normally how. It plays out. It's good to know. I didn't know all that. There's a lot of people that hit very long balls, and in, in the uh, commentator was like, he hits a bomb or whatever. It's like, yeah, okay, that thing's getting shoved 
right up their ass, though. That is not what you're looking But don't you always say, like, you can't outkick your coverage if your coverage is dope? Bingo. If you got good coverage, it doesn't matter. But if you don't, people are going to lose their minds <laughs> on it. It's always the punishment. What if they double both your gunners, though? Yeah, you got to hang it up a little bit higher because your PP is going to be left wide open and run down the field there. Just punt it out of bounds. Okay. <laughs> if they double left. both your gunners, by the way, hold on. If they double both your gunners, that means there's only six in the box, which means you're blocked up on everybody, which means you can step out of your uh, batter's box a little bit more to get it out of bounds. Hmm? Good. So uh, I'm, now when I'm watching games, if I see – both gunners doubled. I'm going to be like, all right, this dude's going to do the right thing and punt this thing out of bounds. Well, and he's probably going to get a little bit more time. I used to move up a yard when I would see the doubles gunner or the gunners doubled. I would move up a yard because it probably means it's a hold up. It's a return. Even though teams will send one of them to go, you just got to hope that your person blocks it. So I would move up a yard to steal a yard before the punt even happened, you know. So now that 49-yard punt is a 50-yard punt, which Ooh. automatically looks a lot better. And nobody even knows it other than my snapper who makes himself think that he snapped it a lot faster than he actually did because I'm much closer to your butthole right now. If it's a holdup and you know they're setting up for a return, uh, well, they said one guy so you can't just catch it and then wait a couple seconds or – yeah. They always send one guy because he's probably going to the wall anyways. Mm-hmm. So whatever oh, way, they always send one guy. Someone's got to force the punt. Yeah, that's exactly. He forces the punt. And then they'll have somebody maybe that stands up and is a spy maybe in the middle. But normally it's a holdup if they got doubles or gunners double because they're looking to bring a return. Mm-hmm. But if, you get, if you're supposed to be a holdup and you realize your guy's not going, you can still go. So it's not always – just like on defensive side of the ball, you know, not every look's going to be a guarantee. You got to, you know, kind of risk assessment there. But yeah, I used to. Whenever you see doubled, you're like, all right, here we go. I'm gonna steal a yard right now. You check those with fakes too. Like if they're doubled on the outside, is there more of a chance like run it up the middle or? So I, I never got to call punt fakes, right? Because oh, the okay. PP is the guy doing the cadence and everything up there. I did get a chance to check if we're punting left or right. For instance, if the right gunner is doubled and the left gunner is singled but we're supposed to punt to the right. I can switch, Check, right? Obviously yeah. switch it to the left. Johnny Hecker does that a lot. You watch Johnny Hecker before he punts. He does more with his hands, and he's talking to his PP and his gunners on which way he wants to punt the ball. You don't see a lot of young guys do it, and you don't see a lot of guys that don't know where the hell the ball's going do it. That's the worst, when guys don't locate the ball while they're running down the field. <laughs> I'll tell you what, though. Punters can set people up for it. There's been a couple where I'm supposed to hit left, and that thing turns over a bit early, and it is on the right side. And you're always taught to yell. It's like, okay, you want me to yell to these dudes who are sprinting away from me with helmets on, <laughs> battling and telling them that I fucked up completely. With let's crowds just, screaming in Let's just insane. hopefully that they, they see quick enough. But those moments are when I'm like, well, probably going to have to make the tackle here. Uh, that's a fucking terrible ball. Here I go. It's my life, AJ. It's my life. Yeah, it's a, lot, a lot goes into it that people never really think about. Yeah, there was this one question. Somebody said, um, I forget, the guy was watching film on Shane Leckler. And he was like, hey, Pat, what ball do you think it was? I forget what blog site he was on. He was like, what punt did Shane Leckler hit from in Cincinnati on the 40 or something like that? And I was like, well, is it into the open end of the stadium? Is it his own 40 or the other 40? Which hash are they on? Like, there's so many things that have to go. It's just like a golf, like you're finding your golf shot, basically. And now, granted, when you're young and not that good, you're just going out there trying not to drop the snap and hit a shank. But once, like, the good guys, like Sam Cook, Thomas Morstead, Sam Martin, Johnny Hecker, obviously, once you get out there, you're like, all right, what am I going to do here to hopefully completely eliminate the returner so that my guys don't have to cover anybody? Like, that's just, these guys are dead tired, and I don't want to be, no offense, 
I don't want my money to depend upon whether or not he wants to give his effort uh, this particular play. So I'm going to hit this son of a bitch as high as I can. I'm going to try to hit it, and I'm going to try to get a, hang, uh, a fair catch here. It's yeah, life. Makes sense. But then I go sit on the sideline, rest up, relax, while you run your face into people. And that is why I will never say, yeah, yeah, we're not football players. I completely agree. I completely agree. I don't. Oh, you're football players. Kickers and punters are. Punters more so than kickers, but yeah, I, I agree. Yeah, I get Yeah, Yeah, sure. Well, I would Nugent, much rather be a punter than a kicker. Nugent debunks that theory, though. Because there's, there's plenty of athletic kickers in the league. I'm Justin Vinatieri. Tucker seems like a great athlete. Vinatieri was quarterback in high school, too. I think he was all-state quarterback and everything like that. Still can sling it. Wrestler, too. I think he was all-state wrestler. A lot of athletic guys. Back in the day, though, the Grammaticas, you know, when they break their oh, yeah. their mm-hmm. knees celebrating and stuff like that, it kind of gets a little tough. The The image kind of gets a little tough to – but, hey, they were great kickers. Good at, ball, good at kicking the ball, those guys. It's hard to overcome those comments made by Trent Dilfer over the years, like degrading kickers. Now I know he's turned the page with you, and you're, all, you're on board with him. I mean, you just brought up a sensitive subject. I thought I was past it with Trent Dilfer, but as soon as you said his name there, I was like, he's been a terrorist for the brand for a long time on ESPN. Terrorist. Terrorist. All right, I got to get the hell out of here. Rather large phone call happening in uh, 22 minutes. With who? I can't even say it. It's a big one. Uh-oh, Mark Cuban. No, no. I wish. we To did. Zoom with Mark Cuban, Gary Vee, and Guy Fieri. <laughs> <laughs> Bingo, I got that in 22 minutes. We can't thank you enough for watching. It's been McAfee and Hawk Sports Talk. Hit the music, Foxy. The greatest sports talk show on the internet from 1 to 2 Eastern Standard Time. So come on down for a mental vacation with the boys on the true guys. It's McAfee and Hawk. It's McAfee and Hawk Sports Talk. AJ used to tackle quarterbacks and he's a rust belt kind of guy. Hey, hey, that's the punter of the decade for the 2010 Kicking pierce missiles to the sky It's McAfee and Hawk It's McAfee and Hawk Sports Talk It's McAfee and Hawk Sports Talk Joining us right now, legendary running back, two-time Pro Bowler and an All-Pro in the Philadelphia Eagles Hall of Fame, ladies and gentlemen, Brian Westbrook. Yeah, Brian! Yeah. boy, Brian! What's up, guys? How's it going? Hey, Brian, I want to let you know, uh, there was stories and potential allegations that we called you, you didn't answer, there was a chance you were in the bathroom. Is that an accurate or a false allegation? <laughs> I don't know if you understand how this FaceTime works. So as soon as they come on, I can actually hear what you are saying. So I heard Pat McAfee say that I was in the bathroom. <laughs> no. Oh, no, 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 no. That was not me. That was not me. That was, that was me. That was me right there. Hand up. I was not going to sell out Zito because that's not my style. <laughs> but I would not take blame for that. Uh, Mr. Westbrook, I can't thank you enough for joining us. How has quarantine been going? And that hoodie looks incredibly dope. You know what? This is a hoodie that I, I just bought. I like it. It's one of my favorite from, from one of my favorite stores, Hugo Boss. Oh. Um, like a boss. Yeah, little humble brag there. Yeah. But uh, I'll tell you this. Um, the quarantine has been going pretty good. We're down here in Maryland in my house in Maryland, and we have the horse farm here, so the kids are doing well. They're riding horses. The wife and the, my all of my kids are riding horses every single day. Um, the only problem, and probably the, the biggest problem across the country, <laughs> has been the homeschooling and trying to figure out 
what math actually looks like in 2020 <laughs> opposed to 1991 when I was trying to figure out math and things like that. So it's a whole different world. First grade, first grade math is real. I'll tell you <laughs> uh, are you smarter than a first grader, Brian Westbrook? No. Uh, apparently I'm not. I'll tell you that. Apparently I'm not. How long have you been into the horse game? I didn't know you had a horse farm. Do you have race horses, uh, chill horses? What type of horses do you have? Yeah, you know, so we own performance horses, so they're not race horses. There's an, uh, an equestrian event called Raining, and so we do all the Raining stuff. And so a lot of quarter horses, not thoroughbreds, just like that. Yeah, you should do that more often. Yeah, That's yeah. a really good, yeah. yeah. That gives you the horse emotion right there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I've owned a horse farm for about 15 years now. So it's been some time. Uh, Are you good on a horse? I am, man. I'm a pretty good rider. I mean, being athletic certainly helps. Um, and being fearless certainly helps a little bit. I'm watching my kids do the same crazy things that I um, did when I was a little bit younger, which scares me to death watching them do it. But, of course, when you're doing it yourself, it's no big issue at all. Are you from Maryland originally or where are you from? Yeah, I'm from Maryland. I'm from Fort Washington, Maryland, right outside of, right outside of D.C., I went to high school in Highsville, Maryland, at DeMatha Catholic High School. So a good high school there. But um, yeah, I'm right, right back at home. But I'm usually in New York. And so usually we're in Brooklyn, New York, for the most part. Uh, but these last few months, we've been in Maryland. Smart, because uh, I've heard in New York, if you're not a tenant of it, we have a friend who has a girlfriend, uh, almost, I mean, very deep relationship, who lives in an apartment complex, and he can't get in the building. They actually tell him, you can't come in here, sir. You have to, You guys can go do your little thing out there on that park bench, but can't go too far. <laughs> but you guys can do your thing, and then you go to, it's crazy in New York. We're obviously T's and P's for everybody over there. Let's talk about some football, shall we? Um Clyde Edwards Hilaire uh, was drafted to the Kansas City Chiefs. Andy Reid said he reminds me of Brian Westbrook. And he said, basically, as soon as I saw a little Brian Westbrook in him, I was like, that's our guy. Let's go and get it. Massive compliment from Andy Reid, by the way, to be like, hey, if we can find somebody like Brian Westbrook, let's get him. And how do you feel about that? Do you know anything about his game? Are you excited to see what Andy Reid's been able going to be able to do with him? And what do you expect Andy Reid to do with him since he's actually saying in my offense, Brian Westbrook is basically the same guy? Well, here's a here's a pretty cool story. And so the draft was on Thursday. Uh, Edwards Hilaire got drafted towards the end of the first round there. I think probably the last pick in the first round. And so apparently Brett Veach, who is a GM in Kansas City, but I played against him in college when he was at Delaware and I was at Villanova. And then he came to the Eagles and worked for Andy Reid as his assistant while I was still there. And so um, I, I know those guys very, very well, very well, and of course I know Andy Reid pretty well. At some point during the draft, either Brett Veach or Andy Reid said to a local newspaper or, or TV station that this kid, Edwards Hilaire, is better than Brian West. <laughs> Whoa! And so, so Friday morning, so that was, they got picked. He got picked up in the draft Thursday night. Friday morning, I get a call on my phone from Brett Veach, and I'm like, "What does Brett Veach want?" And I hadn't, I hadn't heard the comments at that point. He said, I would just call it and let you know that we weren't saying that. That's not what we were saying. We were saying that he has a lot of Brian Westbrook in him, and Andy wants to talk to you. So about five minutes later, of course, Andy calls. And I, I have nothing but love for Andy Reid and Brett Veach and those guys out there. Spent so much time with them. And we're, we're, we're kind of chopping it up for 15 minutes. He's like, listen, I just want to let you know I would never compare players. That's not my thing. I, you know, Beach kind of put him in a jam just a bit. But, you know, I, I, I love Andy Reid. I, I appreciate the fact that he called. Um, the other thing, as when, when I see the player, 
I see quickness. I see speed. I see elusiveness. I see a guy that if you put him in space, it's going to be very hard to tackle him. And I just start to think about the Kansas City Chiefs as a team. And you have to consider space makers. Uh, uh, Tariq Hill, space maker. You talk about Travis Kelsey, space maker. If you get Sammy Watkins back, space maker, because From teams space. have to account for <laughs> speed and their ability to run after the catch. And now you bring on Hilaire, Edwards Hilaire, uh, and you're talking about a guy out of the backfield that can catch very well, can make a guy miss, always going to make the first man miss. And Andy Reid, and, and listen, I, I'm very, very biased, but Andy Reid, better than any other coach in the league, understands space and how to create space for his players. We see that with all the yards after the catch that Kelsey and Hill get. And, and listen, you put this kid in that offense, and I just think that this is a dream come true for Andy Reid, but also Patrick Mahomes and Edwards Hilaire because he's going to have a great opportunity to carry the rock, touch it in a lot of different ways, screen game, the passes out of the backfield, same way that Andy Reid used me. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm excited about that offense. And how many weapons can that, one of the best offenses in the league have? Well, it seems they, kind of crazy. And they have a quarterback who can do everything. I mean, he, he can literally – he has zero drawbacks in his game. He can dink and dump if he has to. He can run. He can throw the deep ball. He can sprint backwards 30 yards and throw it 70 yards down the field in the Super Bowl whenever you need it. It's like how do they have enough balls – for everything they have. It feels as if they do, though, and that's because of Andy Reid's big-ass brain, I'd assume. Yeah, Andy Reid just does a great job of spreading it around. And he, I think the guys understand. And one of the things that he taught us was that, listen, you may not have 200 yards every game. You might not have 20 touches every single game. Make the most of your touches. Make the most of, most of your opportunities. And this week may not be your week, but next week may be. Just make sure that you're ready at all times. And I think winning kind of cures it all. So no matter how many touches you get, as long as you're winning, that's the most important part. If if he's better than you, I'll, I'll be pumped up. To, I mean, that's what a professional NFL person said is he's going to be better than you. I just want to let you know that. If he does that. Well, here, here's the other thing, Pat. Pat. Listen, it took me, you know, nine years to perfect my craft. And this kid, and I'm telling Andy Reid this, this kid that's coming out of college is already better than me. That's that's just that's, that's a, a lot of props for a young kid. And I, I hope that he is goes out there and does some tremendous things for Andy Reid. Hey, let's see his ass on a horse, though. He can't do a damn thing. <laughs> that's right. That's Eagles right. Hall of Famer and already saying, what do you think happened with LaShawn McCoy last year? What, like, what, like, he was on the team. He was, they said they were saving him till later, saving him till later, and then they never really did. Him and Andy Reid have a great relationship. Now I think he's on the market, I believe. He's still on the market right now looking for a home. But what happened with LaShawn McCoy? Do you think it just wasn't the right offense for him at this particular time? What was it? Well, I think it was a great offense, I, you know, and, and, and LaShawn flourished in that offense in Philly. And I think he's the type of ball player that would flourish in any offense. The, the biggest thing is that Damian Williams started playing out of his mind. You look at the playoff run and really towards the end of the season, he was catching the ball. He was running the ball well when asked to do that. And then that playoff run into the Super Bowl, he was playing out of his mind. And so there was an uh, there wasn't any big opportunities for LaShawn McCoy to kind of help the team in that way. The other part is, as we all get older, and, and, and I experienced, and I'm sure you experienced, at some point, your body catches up to you. And I think that he probably needed some time off just to get his body going. And Andy Reid gave him that time off during the season. And then, again, Williams just went crazy, and it was just hard to get him off the field. I think this year would be a, a great opportunity for LaShawn to get in a backup role on the team and help a team as a veteran presence, a great pass blocker, a guy that can catch out of the backfield and still 
be able to carry the ball 10, 12 times a game. And, and he will get that opportunity this year because I, I've seen him train. I know that he's in shape. I know that his legs are back underneath him. So I'm super excited for him um, and looking forward to see what happens next in his career. LaShawn McCoy and I, whenever we run the ball, we carry the ball very similar. <laughs> Way out here. Hey, listen, I, I've been I've been trying to teach this kid. So again, I was in my eighth year when he came became a, a rookie to the Eagles. And from day one, I was like, listen, you got to hold the ball tight because these defenders will, will snatch it out. And, and maybe a couple times here and there that has happened. But for the most part, for a guy that carries the ball so loosely, he's so elusive and makes people miss so much that the defenders, they're not worried about the ball. They're trying to figure out how to get them on the ground by themselves. And he's been very successful throughout his years. Uh, being able to carry carry the ball that way. I remember, Much to my dismay. Uh, yeah, <laughs> to everybody's, by the way. I remember like his first two, three years in the league, all anybody was talking about, like, oh, that's going to get him. You know, once a fumbler, always a fumbler. And he has fumbled before. So in the way he holds it, like, that's not what you're going to do. And then it got to a point where everybody was like, well, that's how the Sean McCoy does it. But you, <laughs> it, that, it literally just completely changed. Uh, let's talk about behind you here, okay? Uh, you, you got a horse farm. You got a champion horse, it looks like. That son of a bitch is up there uh, on the other side. Nope, nope. Oh, what's that up there? Where do you see? Well, this here, I'll, I'll grab it for you. This here is I'm a talking about the trophy that oh, damn, one that's... of my reigning horses won. So the reigning horses, they slide. So they slide. They kind of drag the butt on the ground and they slide. One of my reigning horses won this trophy years ago. What year is this? 2012. So one of my horses won that. It was a good, it was a good time. You see up here is all the, 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 the footballs you get. You play of the week footballs, and so I put some of them up there. Ooh. I got something really cool I'm going to show you. Hold on. Yeah, let's, yeah. Go. let's go. Welcome to Cribs with Brian Westbrook. <laughs> He's got a horse. That so is back in the day, we were at the Pro Bowl, okay. and one of the guys I looked up to, and I guess you see the Jaguars helmet. Can you, can you guess the player? Fred Taylor. Fred Taylor. Oh, yeah. 28. I don't know if it's coming up clearly, but it's yeah. 28. Fred Taylor, one of my favorite players of all time. Not that our games are very I mean, similar because he had speed, he had power, I mean, he can do it all. I think he's a Hall of Famer, in my opinion. But this is one of my prized possessions because he gave this to me after the game. He said, I appreciate your game. I see what you're able to do as a player, and, and I love it. And, and, and I, of course, I, I, I long admired his game. He gave that to me after the Pro Bowl. So it's one of those things I keep here. It's not because they played for the Jaguars, which absolutely sucked recently. <laughs> but it's because Freddie T is the man. It seems like, by the way, they're trying to suck. Next year, they brought in the Skycam Mike Glennon. They got Minshew Mania. Now, listen, Glennon, good guy. Had a beer with him. Good man. But it feels like they are at the point where they don't really. We have to get to a break on radio. Will you hang on for a second? Well, sure. Radio, we'll see you in five minutes. Uh, if you want to continue the conversation with Brian Westbrook, go to YouTube.com forward slash The Pat McAfee Show. We appreciate you so much. We'll see you on the other side. Um, no, do they have to run some stuff here. So the horse drags its ass, huh? Okay, I'm just trying to pass time. Yeah, we're clear. Good, yeah. yeah, yeah, we're clear. Yeah. Okay. You're clear. Yeah, we're back. Um, <laughs> when? There we okay, go. Now we're clear. All right, we just found out we're clear on radio. You can swear if you need to. I'm not saying you do. You own a horse farm with kids. I'm assuming you uh, pretty buttoned up over there. How many ponies you got out there in the uh, in the pasture? So we're on the farm. We have 50 acres. Um, right now, I have 10 um, horses there, which are probably about nine and a half too many. I'll tell you that. Because you only <laughs> ride one at a time. So, I, you know. 
How many? It's a pain in the butt. What was that movie I watched at uh, Horse Sense? Horse Sense. Have you ever seen the movie Horse Sense? Where uh, it's a white movie, very white movie. <laughs> the, uh, Joe, the guy named Joe. What is his name? Joey. I don't uh, remember. But Flash was the name of the horse. Hey, it? horses are are like little. They're big ass dogs. You could teach them to do base. Like you get your horses. They're like an awesome animal, from what I heard. But a big pain in the ass. Is that accurate? Well, I'll tell you this. They are like a dog in a lot of different ways. And you can teach them anything. If you have time and patience, you can teach them anything. And they will absolutely perform and do it. And that's why we're kind of in the business. But, you know, from time to time, they will jump on the other side of the fence. And, you know, the saying, the grass is greener on the other side of the fence. Well, here's the deal. There are many times where our horses are in the pasture and they have plenty of grass. However, they want that blade of grass on the other side of the fence. And they will find a way to get over there. So we spent a lot of time uh, putting fence posts and fence boards back up, but that's part of the deal. What's the best name? What's your favorite name of your 10 horses? Um, so I have two little mini ponies that I bought for the kids that apparently are wild horses at this point. <laughs> um, they're really, really small. My daughter named them Princess and Giddy Up. So that's, that's <laughs> one of them. Oh, good um, Two of them right Giddy there. Up! My horse that I ride all the time, his name is Don Rico. Oh, Italian that. one, okay. Yeah, and then the last horse, the, my favorite horse of all time, and I don't own this horse anymore, um, his, his name was Hot Rod. I mean, this is a beautiful oh. horse, beautiful horse, Gorgeous. long mane, long tail, long named Hot Rod. Mane, um, a young lady named Peyton Simmons owns that horse now, but I, I love that horse. I wish I never had to sell him. Do you break these horses, or do you have a trainer? Yeah, we have a trainer. Yeah, we have a trainer that does everything for us. Uh, so we, we, we allow our trainer just to figure it out. And we, 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 we don't do very much breaking, but we do work with the horses early on. So before you break them, before they become, you know, a year and a half, two years old, we handle them just to know, just so that they know that humans are their friends and not their enemies. Yeah. I'll let you know. I have no idea what break means. I just heard one person <laughs> say it before on a television show about horses. I have no idea what that means. Brian, I can't thank you enough for joining us. I, at some point, Whenever we build up our uh, friendship enough, I would like to come get out there on Don Rico. Let's do it. Yeah, let's do it. And bring some balls. You can kick me some balls. I can relive my old oh. days oh. when I was on return. On the pasture, Absolutely. run with the ponies. Me yeah. and the 10 ponies coming down on there coverage. Now, nice. you you kick the ball, I ride with the ponies, and I run with the ponies, and I catch it on the horse. Oh, are, you, yeah. are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> Did we just create the most majestic punt return or kickoff return in history? I think That'll so. Uh, <laughs> Brian, I appreciate you, ladies and Oh, Jalen Hurts getting drafted to the Philadelphia Eagles. Do you hate this or love this? You know, I, I can see how he would be useful. Um, I think that he can help because you always need to back up quarterback, especially when Carson Wentz has some of the injury history that he's had. The problem that I have is that the Eagles needed weapons. They needed weapons to, to help surround Carson Wentz. And let me let me show you the weapons that they have. Deshaun Jackson, 33, coming off core muscle surgery. Alshon Jeffrey, 30, um, coming off of a plantar fasciitis. And I think he might have had um, a foot surgery. I, I think he did. Um, you have Zach Ertz, who was a, a great tight end. Dallas Goddard, young, up-and-coming tight end. And after that, that's it. And so now you go and get Jalen Rager in the first round, which I think he'll help you. I'm not sure that he's a number one right away. And then in the second round, you have an opportunity to find another receiver that can help you right away or another player that can help you right away. And Jalen Hurts is drafted to be a backup. And really, to me, you pay your quarterback, you know, $107 million guarantee. You're expecting him to be that guy, that guy. 
and you just need to find weapons for him, not to find someone to back him up. And so if, if I was running the draft, I still would have got a backup quarterback, not in the second round. I would have got him in the fourth, fifth round and probably got another receiver, Danzel Mims, who was still on the board at the time. Um, it was probably a guy I would have targeted to try to help our quarterback out just a bit. And that's why you're a genius, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> Brian Westbrook. We that's right. Thanks, Cheers, guys. Man. Yep, you got it. Joining us now, friend of the show, man who's played for the Panthers and the Saints, and he just signed a one-year deal with the Chicago Bears from Ohio State, Ted Ginn. Yeah! 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 Our boy, Ted. What's going on? Yeah, there. Yep, yep. Oh, I see a little mini basketball hoop in the back. How often have we been getting after that during this quarantine? Uh, you know, I get a little in. And, uh, <laughs> in you know, uh, my daughter come in. She get hers in. You know, uh, that's our that's our that's our NBA right now. I can respect it. I sure. I assume there's great battles happening in that room. Let's talk about you signing with the Bears. First of all, congratulations. Last time we talked to you, you were a free agent. You were trying to see where you're going to end up at. Why did you end up with the Bears? Why did you pick the Bears? And where else were you thinking about potentially headed? Well, you know, um, the Bears been in my corner for a while. You know, every time I've been in free agency, uh, then it came through and took a chance and in a look. You know, but this time it's a little different. You know what? Uh, you know, Nagy got involved. He kind of like his last name. He was nagging. <laughs> but, uh, but um, you know, uh, he called me like almost like an old school recruiting trip, you know, uh, kind of like what I heard you talking about earlier as I was paying attention to your show, you know, a little bit. But, uh, Here we go. you know, he, he, he you know, he, he, he called me every day and uh, we talked about everything, not even X's and O's, you know, we just talked about you know, just regular life, you know, he looked at me as a man, you know, oh, as, a, awesome. as a grown man, you know, like, you know what I'm saying? That, you know, be able to come in and help, help something that he has going on, you know, and we talk sometimes 15 minutes, sometimes 30 minutes, sometimes an hour, sometimes an hour and a half, you know, Here between the install when they first got on the Zooms and different things like that, that brought my attention and for me to be 35 going to year 14 and somebody that really actually wants you, you know, uh, speak the value of, of who he is and what that team is about. And I would assume because of that, you're going to go, not that you wouldn't, but you're always going to go harder for somebody that you absolutely appreciate. And the fact that Nagy's doing this, I would assume it's making you feel like you're at home already. Had you ever talked to Nagy before this? Is your first introduction to him? This is my first introduction to him, uh, you know, once they reach out, you know. And uh, I guess from, uh, you know, previous years, you know, uh, I guess he took it in his hands, like, hey, I want this dude, you know, and uh, – I'm happy to be there. You know, they got a great team. They on fire. You know, they coming up. Uh, you know, I come in. I do my part. You know, with Robinson there, and uh, we figure out the quarterback deal as that come along, and uh, and just play ball. You know, that defense has always been top five. Yep. Know, with Khalil on the end, so we just got to go out and just play ball on the offensive side and compete with our defense every day and practice, and we'll be fine. Uh, so obviously. The quarterback situation is all anybody is talking about in Chicago right now. How have they? Have you been? Are you on a group text with both of them? How has that? How <laughs> yeah. has that? How has that been going? Because Matt Nagy has come out and said, "Hey, this is healthy competition," and it sounds like he legitimately legitimately means that, which is not always normal. How have they been handling that? Has it been interesting? Have you been talking to both of them? Because now you've got to build up a rapport with two different veteran quarterbacks at this point, because that's a big deal, I assume, between a quarterback and wide receiver. 
Well, you know, um, you know, me being a little older, you know, you just you kind of like go with the flow, you know. Uh, Smart. Um, uh, Smart. It's a Zoom call. You know, I try to stay within my parameters of my coach. You know, uh, all my questions I try to go to him about, you know, uh, you don't want to get into a thing where a guy feel like uh, or you only deal with him or you only deal with him. Yeah. You know, and then that becomes effective to you on the field. You know, I don't think that guy likes me or whatever it may be. So, uh, you know, you just let let the, the overhead control what, what they control. And when you go out and you try to make both of them look good, you try to make both of them look perfect because, you know, you play in the National Football League. And week one, we can have Trubisky. Week five, we can have Nick Foles. And then week nine, we can have Trubisky back. So you just never know when that, that guy is going to have an opportunity. So you just got to make every opportunity work. I mean, that's why Nick Foles is currently at the Bears, right? Because he signed an $80 million deal because they had Carson Wentz. And Nick Foles comes in, leads him into their biggest games and wins. He goes to Jacksonville, gets hurt, goes to Chicago. I mean, the NFL, you have no idea who it is. Making friends with everybody is probably a smart move, Ted. That's probably why you've been around <laughs> over it. That's probably a smart move. Um, Sean Payton has come out. I don't want to take you backwards, but you were with the Saints for a little bit. Sean Payton has come out and said that Taysom Hill is the guy moving forward. He said Taysom Hill is our quarterback. He still views him as Steve Young. But everybody said, well, if that's the case, then why last year did you have Teddy Bridgewater? In practice, did Taysom Hill do anything quarterback-wise that made the rest of the world, that we didn't see, that goes, you know what, Sean Payton, there's a reason Sean Payton thinks this guy's unbelievable, or is it because in games, whenever he gets asked to do things, he just shows up? Well, you know, I'll say both. You know, uh, as a quarterback, man, he have, he have his drives. You know, he comes in and he delivers the ball at times, you know, and, uh, you know, he's, He's just like any young quarterback that's coming up, you know. Uh, he have his days in practice where he he can look amazing, and have his days where you, he needs some help, you know. I mean, I think that's every player in this game, you know. And uh, you just see that on the flip side when he does touch the ball and the other things that he do and he could ask to do, you know, he excels in them and he 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 he's like one of the best that does it. Like you could put him at tight end, and he's up there with. Some of the best tight ends, you know, putting my receivers up there. Some of the best tight ends. I mean, he's running some of the things that you never see from a normal quarterback, which you would say is my starting quarterback in the future. Is Taysom Hill faster than you? No. <laughs> Tyreek Hill tweeted and said Sammy Watkins is faster than him. As, hey, you know, man, people people really see things and really see it for themselves, you know. Uh, like I say, man, there's a difference between track speed and football speed, you know, and I'm always going to say that. I know guys who uh, can't run on a track, but on a football field, just as fast as me, you know, and it's just it's just how that game is. It's just how the mind is tricky, you know, and I know guys that get on the track that has real good football speed and be slow as dirt. Uh, you know what I'm saying? So um, it, 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 it's, it's, a, it's a double standards when it comes down to it, you know, so. I commend a guy like that that run twenty point to say that twenty point. That's his two hundred. That is uh, is that track talk right there? What did you yeah. run? Did you run two hundred? Twenty point. I got a twenty point. Oh, okay. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what are like the Olympic speeds? What are Olympic speeds? Well, you you're twenty. You go to low twenty ones. Uh, they run it from twenty one one to twenty twenty point nine. You know, you see my guy came with the 19 and all that crazy stuff about Hussein. <laughs> so, uh, you know, it, it, it's out there, you know. Uh, 
you know, as you get older, um, you start really understanding what track is about. And it's more about steps and different things like that and strides and opening up here and, uh, you know, uh, you love track. faster here. You love track, yeah, love, huh? Yeah, I love track. It's, it's It has to be deeper than what I never did track because uh, kind of a, a spark plug built Caucasian man, right? So not really my go-to. I mean, maybe I'll get in there and throw some things around if I have to, but I ain't run a mile, which is what most of the whites do, and there, there's no way I'm doing that. But it feels like there's a real science to this thing, and you would say that track is a direct benefit, like football is a direct benefactor because of your track. Do you think that is accurate? For sure. I didn't have a name until I was a sophomore in track in college no in high school. school and then you just started running past everybody in ohio yeah and then once i was able to transfer that from uh, my knowledge of football you know with my track speed uh, i was unstoppable has there ever been a human on the field with you that has been faster than you <laughs> <laughs> That is why Nagy called him so much. You can't, hey, speed kills matchup. You can't teach speed. That is literally what you can't do. And when you have Ted Ginn on the field, what you're going to have to do at all times, whether you like it or not, is you have to have a safety sitting over there because there's a chance the top can get taken off at any given moment. Yes. <laughs> Did the Packers call you at all? Because we have a guy in the room who's a diehard Packers fan right there in the gray shirt. And he was like, as soon as we got off the phone with you the first time, he was like, okay, let's get Ted Ginn to the Packers. There's our weapon. There's a deep threat. There's nothing. Did anybody else call you that you, aside from Nagy, was there anybody else interested that you thought like, okay, maybe I'll go there, but then your friendship with Nagy grew so much? No. 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 You know, <laughs> I think – I think with that high with that high level of uh, receivers coming out in the drive and uh, you know a couple yeah, young guys that was out either. there, um, you know they took their chances on what they wanted to take their chances on, and uh, <laughs> I went where somebody took a chance on me. Uh, Ted, you're the absolute best. I can't thank you for joining us enough, bro. Four two no two forty twenty dot. I hey, I probably want a nice twenty point. Sorry, that's on me. Point. I probably run a 30 point. That's why I don't know the... Uh, there stuff. we go. There we go. Hey, there we go. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, stud athlete from The Ohio State, now a member of the Chicago Bears, Bear Don, Ted Ginn Jr. Yeah! Appreciate you, man. No doubt. Anytime. Hey. Don't cut your dick off. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you got it. You got it. I won't do that. I <laughs> All right. Well, another week down. We're making it. We're powering through. We never thought we'd be able to make it this far. Here we are. We never thought we'd make it this long. Here we are. The AFL is back June 11th. Okay, there's a golf match this weekend. Here we go. UFC people are beating the shit out of each other. All right, the NFL, what a conversation is going to happen, college football. We'll see you next week. Have the best weekend you could possibly have. And I can't wait to talk some more shit Tuesday on another episode of Pat Max Show 2.0. Remember, if you like this show, please tell your friends. If you didn't, act like it never, ever happened. Ty Schmidt, please play some independent music.